Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Thank you, Father. This evening we come in your presence. Uh, Yahweh, through your son Yahweh Shai, we're grateful. We're grateful for this evening. We're grateful for the opportunity to be alive. We're grateful for the opportunity to come into your presence with a mood of gratefulness and that our hearts are exceedingly happy to be able that we're alive in fellowship amongst the brethren and the sisters in one accord. Father, we ask that there be no division, no separation and that we all are in a mood of learning so that we could grow and we could develop our spirits and be able to teach others about this truth. Father, if there's any sin in our hearts anywhere, we're asking that through the redemption of Shai, that you please forgive us of all our sins because you are a set-apart and, and, and holy and righteous leader. And, Father, before we enter your throne, we're asking that you please forgive us so that tonight we can be a vessel for each other, and a vessel for the people that we come in contact with. So, Father, this night, let this be a time of fellowship and true harmony with all of us, Father. And we ask that you bless us, Father. You bless the evening. You bless the, the speakers. You bless the readers. You bless the listeners, Father. Father, let your angels go before us and keep us in all. And everything and all our listening and our hearing and our teaching, Father. And on that note, we say hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Shalom, everyone, and welcome to the call. Yeah. If everybody could mute your, mute your phones, that way I can leave the lines unmuted. And then if you have a question, if you could enter on the call that way. But if you can mute your lines, that would keep it quiet so that we could all understand and that the recording is clear. Shalom. Mm. Okay, um, my name is, um, you know, for all those that's new on the call, uh, my name is Brother Dick Warren. Um, I also go by my Hebrew name on Facebook, Yashar Ariyah. Um, tonight's call is actually a special call that I want to dig real deep into because a lot of us are actually start to search, you know, we're, we're seeing posts on Facebook, you know, we're seeing YouTube videos, and, you know, this information is starting to, you know, hit real hard and spread, you know, worldwide about, who are or who is the children of Israel. And this is very, very important because there's a lot of things that we were taught growing up, you know, a lot of different doctrines, a lot of different, you know, uh, churches, denominations, you know, all the different things that had us, you know, pretty much distracted by opening up the word, uh, uh, open up the word of God and opening up this truth and actually searching the scriptures and reading. So um, tonight, you know, this actually might be a part, a two-part thing because I want to dig into some other things before we – I want to show, you know, the ignorance or where, where this all rooted from and how it started of why we're not accepting or believing that we could be the people of the book. Now, when I say that, there's some people in this call that already are, are already awoke. You know, they received the knowledge of the truth, and 
you know, they've been pretty much on this wave ever since. There's also other people that, you know, are pretty much still seeking or still looking or still learning, and they don't quite understand. So I'm going to kind of go into a deep lesson tonight to show where all this, you know, where this rooted from to show why our people are so, you know, hard-headed or stiff-necked or rebellious to want to understand that we actually could be or, you know, there's a possibility for those that don't know that, you know, we are the people of the book. So when I say the people of the book, I mean the children of Israel. So um, the first thing I want to do is, um, Salvador, um, Malik, are you available to read now? or I'm able to read now. All right, so Salvador, give me the first scripture I want for everybody to go on. Um, yeah, I'm, um, I'm here, but if the brother wants to start out, it's fine. I'm here, though. Give me, um, give me Colossians chapter 317. I always start off with this scripture first, because everything that we do in word or deed, we got to give all praises to the Heavenly Father and his anointed son, the Savior of our people. And I'll start off with that, Colossians 3, verse 17. I want everybody to listen. Just open your ears and just, you know, have an ear to listen to the scripture. All right. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of Shai, Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Now, for anybody that's new on this call, if you ever hear the name Yahweh or the name Shai, just to give an understanding so those that's not confused, the name Yahweh is the ancient Paleo-Hebrew name of the Most High God of Israel. So the name that we have in our Bible, it usually says Lord or God, which is just a title. But his actual Hebrew, his, his ancient Hebrew name is Yahweh. And his son's name is not Yeshua, it's not Yahushua. You know, these are all modern Hebrew names that's given to us with vowel point systems. So if you hear the name, instead of hearing Jesus Christ, if you hear the name Yahweh just be under be under the understanding that that's talking about the man that we know in the Bible as Jesus. So just to give everybody just a clear uh, understanding that the name of God or Lord, if you hear Yahweh, that's the Most High God. If you hear Yahweh Shai, that's Jesus Christ. So the first scripture we brought out was Colossians three seventeen. So the lesson, like I said, the lesson I want to go into tonight to, is to really dig deep into showing, you know. Why is it so hard? I mean, because I like, uh, I'm going to use me as an example. I know when I received the knowledge of the truth and I woke up, I know it's, it's very hard to go back to your family or to your friends or close people and pretty much spread this gospel, you know, spread this message. You know, you're so eager to tell them, you know, you want them to say, hey, you know, could you watch a YouTube video with me? You know, could you, uh, could you read this with me? And it seems like our people don't have an ear to hear or a mind to just want to understand. So the next scripture I want to go to to show you that this is, this is what the Messiah said. And when I say Messiah, most everybody in this course should know that the Messiah is the man that we know as J.C. or Yahweh Shai. So, uh, Salvador, give me Mark chapter 4, verse 23. I want everybody to write this down. If you don't have a pen and paper, please try to get one because this is a very important lesson. Well, that was, I'm going to let him read, but, but it was Mark chapter 4. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put the scripture in the um in the column, Mark four what? Uh, Mark chapter four, verse twenty three. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read at twenty. I want you to read twenty three and twenty four. I want you to stop at twenty four. All right. So for those that don't have a Bible, if you're not familiar, that's the New Testament. The New Testament. If you want to go to your glossary, that's Mark chapter four, verse twenty three and twenty four. 
And and I wanted to also say real quick for those people who want to know know the scriptures, um, what the scriptures being read. If you log into the system, the scriptures are also being put into the um, into the chat. So if you log into your computer, so you'll be able to chat along and see the scriptures and save them as reference. <clears throat> so the biggest going back into this before the scriptures come out is that the biggest uh, problem is that we don't listen and we don't hear. And I believe that that's the biggest problem with our people as a culture. We don't like to listen to each other, and we don't like to respect each other enough to hear what one another has to say. And that's why it's very, very hard to give knowledge and wisdom and understanding of this Bible because our people don't want to listen and they don't want to hear. So we're going to show you what the Messiah says about listening and hearing. So, Salvador, give me Mark 423, Mark chapter 4, verse 23. If any man hath ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. Should everybody hear that? So, Salvador, uh-huh. go, over, go over again. I want you to read uh, 23 and 24 one more time, uh, just so they can get an understanding of this thing. Verse 23. If any man hath ears to hear, let him, e- let him hear. And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear shall more be given. You see? Yahweh Shai or Christ said, the more you hear, the more shall be given. And this is why people are not given anything because we don't want to hear. And we don't want to hear the truth. We want to hear what we want to hear. And if it doesn't sound good to our liking or understanding, this is why we can't understand or receive the knowledge of the truth. And it's not because somebody said it to us so radical or so hard. It's just that we just don't have an ear to hear. So the next thing I want to go into is that you have to seek the truth and find it. And when you do that, the spirit will always manifest. And, let, and, and, it, and, and the funny thing about it is that it can only manifest if you read. And a lot of people I know or people in general, we have a Bible and we don't read it. We either, you know, it sits there on your, 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 uh, you know, your, uh, uh, your book stand or your bedpost or, or you can even be at your job. And it's like, well, when do you ever open and read it? Do you read it, you know, when you're at work? And when you read it, do you pick certain scriptures that you just like? You know, Psalms, you know, Proverbs, you know, these are things that make us feel good, but that's not that's still not giving us the wisdom and knowledge and understanding of who we are. So the point is, is that reading will eliminate most of the things that we were learned in church. Because a lot of us we pick and choose churches based on our, you know, us traditional a sense or a religious perspective of what we think we believe. But yet, if you read the Bible first, it would give you a whole different perspective of what kind of church you should join versus just going and attending and following tradition. So the biggest, uh, uh, the next scripture I want to go to, Malik, give me, we're going to go into the Old Testament. We're going to go to Isaiah chapter 35, verse 16. And I want Salvador to give me Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, because this is very important is that we don't read. All right, Isaiah chapter 35. Verse 16. If everybody get it, um, Isaiah chapter 35, verse 16. 
That's the Old Testament for those that don't know. Isaiah chapter 35, verse, verse 16. Yeah, i bring it out. Isaiah 35 only goes up to verse 10. Oh, we're going to just uh, read 35 and 16. That's said we're going to stop there. You mean 34 and 16? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Con, con, 34 and 16. Okay, perfect. All right. Isaiah 34 and 16. It says, Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. No one of these shall fall. None shall want her mate. For my mouth it hath commanded, and his spirit it hath gathered them. Read that one more time. Huh? Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read. No one of these shall fail. None shall want her mate. For my, for my mouth it hath commanded, and his spirit it hath gathered them. That's all right there. Salvador, give me revelations. This is what the Messiah or Christ or Yahweh Shai said in the, new, in the last book of the Bible. Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed is he that reads and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. You see? So Christ said, or Yahweh Shai said, Blessed is he that readeth, and they that hear the words of this prophecy. You see, so if we don't read, we're not going to hear. And the way that the Lord speaks to us is by what? By giving to the Bible and by reading, and that's how the Spirit starts to manifest to give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. So the thing about it is that this is the thing that we're not taught in church, is that, you know, a lot of us, we come from different backgrounds, and it's mostly we only read when it's, when it's time-consuming or you know, if we don't go to church and pastor says open up your book or Bible study, we don't read. You know, your Bible sits there, and it's like, okay, one day, Lord, one day, one day, one day. Well, when is one day going to be? Because every day is going by, and there's different things that's being, you know, being uh, shown or different things happen in this world that we don't understand because we don't read. Now, we say we believe in God. We say we, we, say we, we, we believe in Jesus Christ, but yet we don't read the book. So how can you believe in somebody or believe in something, but then you don't read his word? That doesn't make sense. So the thing is, is that when you read this, when you read this book, it, 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 it teaches you not to follow man and to follow God. And that if it's not lining up to the book or what the words of God is saying in this book, then we shouldn't be dealing with it. And this is the way that we keep ourselves protected from these different religions or these different denominations, you know, the Christianity of the Catholic, you know, uh, a Baptist, Pentecostal, you know, whatever denomination it falls under, under Christianity, this is how we protect ourselves against the doctrine of it that's poisoned our people for so long because we didn't read. So we read first, then we would say, okay, hold up. Whatever they're doing in that organization or in that temple or place of worship, if it's not adding up to the book, then I shouldn't be here. That's anybody. So the next scripture I want is First Timothy chapter six verse three. Because if it's not lining up to the book, we shouldn't be dealing with it. Period. You can't right. be sitting up there in a place saying that you're teaching God's word, but then your teaching is going to a uh, uh, contrary to what the word of God says. That doesn't make sense. So this is going back to why. We don't know this information about who we are in the Bible. 
because, like I said, it all starts from the root. And most of us on this phone come from some type of Christian background or a background of a doctrinated thing where we thought we knew we thought we knew it all. And then we find out that, you know, I guess after so many years in the church or wherever you're coming from, you know, it ain't adding up. You know, like I give myself as an example, I was in the Christian church for over 24 years, and I played the drums for many churches. But yet, every time I would go, the music would sound good. You know, the, the message was good. They was jumping. They was hollering and screaming. It sounds beautiful. But what am I learning? System mm-hmm. You know, it's funny because with me, the school system has lied to us so long that they made us believe that they gave us. That's history. It's not his story. It's called his story. It's their story. It's not our story. So our story started in this book, and they're not going to tell you that. So we're going to go into keep going into the things that took us out of this book, the book. And then we read the book, we will realize that, you know, as we and we let the Lord show us that this is our book. So give me uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 3, and I want you to stop at verse 5, Ock. Right? right. If any man teach otherwise, and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railing, evil surmising, perverse disputings of men of corrupt mind, and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. So I want everybody to really pay attention to this scripture because this is probably one of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible. It says, if any man teach otherwise the consent to the, not to the wholesome words of our Lord and Savior's doctrine, it says what? Verse 4, he is proud knowing nothing. You have to ask yourself, wherever you're coming from, whatever religion it was, whatever understanding it was, was that person teaching you the book? And if they were teaching the book, if it's not lining up with this book, then guess what? He's proud and he knew nothing. That's not out of my mouth. That's in the Bible. Come, come. You see? So this is why this book is so powerful, and this is why there's certain scriptures that would never get read to us because why? We, they know that there's going to cause questions. You see, when you go to a church, and I want a lot of people to pay attention to this, I want somebody to tell me, when have you ever been in a Sunday service and in the middle of the service, the pastor stopped the service and said, can you raise your hand and ask questions? Very rarely, probably like only a couple times in life. Think about it. Everybody that's on this call could think about it. I know I've never been in a service where I was playing those drums and the pastor was shouting with his Jerry Curl and jumping up and down, and he just stopped the yeah. service and said, hey, if anybody has a question, raise your hand. Then even I remember on Bible study, there were so many things in Bible study that I had questions of, but they would never answer it. Why are we jumping all around the book, but yet we never read from Genesis to even Deuteronomy? Why we never read those books? We always want to talk about the New Testament so that if the New Testament is valid 
and the Old Testament is done away with, then why do we have a 66-book Bible? Why do we just don't have a New Testament Bible? Come. Think about it. They love to take the Old Testament is done away with, but where did tithes and orphans start? They start in the Old Testament. Uh-oh. <laughs> okay. We don't know. All of us that come from different backgrounds, Pentecostal, Catholic, even the Catholic Church, they're slick. They tell you, oh, we want donations. That's a better way of saying that we don't want to pass around the orphan plate. The same thing. But yet, like I said before, they're programmed and taught to keep you away from the Old Testament because why? The Old Testament is full of what? Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding, and also what? Genealogy. You see, in the, in the New Testament, it doesn't deal with genealogy as much as the Old Testament does because the Old Testament gives you an understanding of who we are today as a people. So this is why Paul said, if they're not teaching what's in this book, you shouldn't be dealing with them, period. But they're not going to give you that from Paul. They're going to give you all the good scriptures with Paul where it makes it sound like the law or the Old Testament is done away with. But they won't give you this. And see, the next thing is, we we all... We really, we really, really got to get the understanding of us, the traditional uh, 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 upbringing that we had to get out of. I see I talk to a lot of people, and a lot of people are stuck on what they would learn when they were little, meaning that, you know, whatever mommy taught you or what daddy taught you, that's what it is. And you have to understand is that, yes, when we were little, we had to go to church. You know, if you was a Catholic, okay, I understand. You was a Catholic. I was a Baptist, Pentecostal, whatever. But when you became of age and you actually got the knowledge of being a man or a woman, now everything is on you. You see, we can't keep hiding behind the shield of what our parents taught us or what we think we learned because of tradition. Because tradition is not God. God. So this is why we always make up excuses that this is what we were taught. Oh, well, I don't, I, I don't understand, or I don't know because that's what I was taught. Well, how long are you gonna keep making that excuse? It's just like if you don't register for school after you graduated first, after you passed first and second grade, and you don't come back to register. Well, what classroom are you gonna go into? So this is why you have to register with what? The book. The book is sitting there, and you don't read it. And you let another man or another woman teach you the book and tell it to you the way they want to tell it to you versus the truth. So the next scripture I want to go to, um, Salvador, give me Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. These are all the things that have kept us blinded and, 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 and put under of us asking these questions to find out who are the children of Israel. Are they a spiritual people? Are they a real people? Did they ever exist? Are they the Jewish people? Who are they? But like I said, if we don't understand these things first, then it wouldn't even make any sense. So we have to find out why is our people so separated and so ignorant uh, to what is the truth, because why? We're not reading. So give me um, 
Salvador, give me Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, all right? Matthew, Matthew chapter 12, verse 36. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. You see? So guess what? Christ don't care if you want to make 50-minute excuses. Well, my pastor didn't tell me who the children of Israel are. Read that again, huh? But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Mm -hmm. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. You see? So... You have to be very careful and mindful of what comes out of your mouth because the days are being pampered by I don't know or I don't want to know or, you know, this is what he told me and this is what I believe. Those days is over. In the day of judgment, that same excuse or that same thing that you said, oh, well, uh, it, it doesn't matter or, you know, this is not what was taught to me or it's not important. Well, guess what? On the day of judgment, you're going to get accounted by everything that came out of those lips, the Most High is going to judge you on. And you have to explain to him, why didn't you read the book? Why did you let Pastor feed you the book? Did I tell you that Pastor was a man of God? Or did you tell me that? You see, anybody could throw on a robe and sound very, very educated and speak very well. But that doesn't mean that these are your, your, your shepherds to lead you to the truth. The only truth is opening up this book and reading it. And like I said in the beginning, that w th this is what protects you from joining these organizations to get doctrinized or brainwashed the way we was. And I'm not talking about the days of when we were young where you were forced to go to church, you know, three times a week. I remember it was a time where I used to go to church damn near four or five times a week. I had no choice. Between my, reg my regular father and my stepfather, I was always in church. But, see, I love music, and, you know, I love to play the drums. I like to beat music. So, you know, after a while, I was kind of aggravated, but at the same time, I love music. But as I, as I got older, I started to realize, like, hold up. This stuff is just not making no sense. We're doing the same thing every day, I mean, every Sunday, every week, and yet when I turn on the news, we got brothers and sisters being gunned down and shot up, and this is supposed to be a God that loves everybody, according to John 3.16, which I told me. Yeah, I told me that Christ and God loves everybody. So if he loves everybody, then why is my people the one afflicted? That doesn't make sense. Why is black and Hispanic people in the ghettos, and we're the ones that hate each other, but yet we live amongst each other every day? I live in apartment 2A. He lives in apartment 2B. But, yeah, when we walk outside, we don't even talk to each other. Why is that? Who am I? According to the Bible. Now I'm, and I'm not talking about according to what man tells you you are. Who are you according to this book? You see, and in the New Testament, they make it seem so easy because there's only two things you're going to do in the New Testament. It's either Greek or Jew. Simple. That's what they deal with. They jump to Paul, it's either you're a Greek or you're a Jew. 
That's it. And you just sit there and say, it doesn't matter. I'm neither or. I'm not a Jew and I'm not a Greek. I just believe in God. Well, that's not working because there's a certain people in this book that was called to be a certain people or special people, a people that was supposed to lead the nations to follow one God and a people that fell short. And the reason why they fell short in these last days is because of everything that I'm going over now. It's because we have not allowed ourselves to come back to our only, our first love, which was the scriptures. And see, God is not happy about that because if you look at this book, this book doesn't cost over $10 to buy at all. But yet, like I said, as a people, we don't like to read. That's a culture. Not as an individual, but as a people, we don't like to read the Bible. Yeah, we get a, a selected few of us, but then even for the ones that do read, they don't even understand. So we're going to go to the next scripture, and we're going to jump to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 20. Repeat the scripture. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and I want you to read from verse 20 and 21. All right, one more move. One more All right, so that was 1 Corinthians 14, 20, and 21. Everybody, 1 Corinthians 14, 20, and 21. Here we go. Verse, verse 20 says, Brethren, be not children in understanding. Howbeit in malice be children, but in understanding be men. And the law is written, with men of other tongues and other lips, Will I speak unto this people? And yet for all that will 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 they not hear me, saith the Lord. You see that? Read that again, Malik, so they can hear it. Brothers, be not children in understanding. How be it in malice, be ye children, but in understanding be men. In the law it is written. Stop right there. Mm-hmm. The law said in verse twenty, brethren, be not children in your understanding. That's going back to what I was talking about is that we like to hide behind, well, uh, I was taught by mommy, I was taught by daddy, I'm a Catholic. I call it a day. That's all I know. That's, that's what I'm going to die by. I don't want to hear nothing else. God is white. I don't care what the Bible say. That's what mommy taught me. That's it. Well, you're being ignorant because now that you're an adult, you could open up the book yourself and ask yourself, is that what the, what the word of God says according to the Bible? Or is that what you were taught and you just don't want to grow up? So read that one more time, uh, verses uh, 20 and 21, and we're going to go to the next verse. Brother, be not children in understanding. How be it? In malice be ye children, but in understanding be men. And the Lord is written with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people. And yet for all that will not hear me, saith the Lord. The Lord just said that it says, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto these people, and yet for all they will not hear me. How many languages does the King James Bible come in? 
It comes in as many languages you speak today. That Bible is made in every language, from Japanese to Chinese to French, English, Spanish, every language that we will put under our oppressor, it comes in today. But yet you won't hear him. So what's your excuse? So you have to go back to the meat and say, hold up. Why am I not reading this Bible? But am I scared of the Bible? You know, uh, uh, what is it about this book that keeps me from finding out, you know, what what is the message that God wants to tell me or tell my people? You know, we, these are things that we don't ask ourselves. And this is why we've been poisoned by so many different things. So this is why when we go to the church, they tell you, oh, the Lord's done away with. And you believe it. They give you a couple of scriptures, a couple of verses, and you believe it. The Bible that you have in your, in your possession, most of you have 66 books, which I, I talked about briefly earlier, that there was 14 books that was removed, and, you know, so forth, you know, other brothers and sisters have other books and, you know, so forth, but that's a whole other thing. But the main part is that in those 66 books, as long as you was going to your church, how many of those books did you complete? And there's a reason why these certain chapters or certain verses that's not being read because, like I said, there's, there's, a, there's a message or there's a power in this book that they don't want to come out. And we have to start to really get an understanding of why is it that the pastor or the priest only talks about the Jew, the Jews and the Greeks? That's all they talk about because that's so easy to just say, okay, the Jews are the white people, the Greeks are the white people. Well, you know what? We don't fall nowhere near that. This Bible is not for me. You know what? I'm going to become a Muslim. I'm going to go to Buddha. I'm going to go to all these different religions because this book was made for white people, period. Jews are the people in Israel with the little S-curls and Greeks. We obviously know Greeks are Greeks, so that's that Zeus stuff. That's that uh, Hercules. Oh, no, 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 we're good. I'm good. You know what, Pastor? Just give me a good message for an hour, and I'm going home. And yet you're still lost in the source. So now the question is, for everybody that's on this call that's new, what do you really want? Do you believe in the Bible? Do you not believe in the Bible? Do you believe in all the books of the Bible? And what do you want out of this Bible? Do you want the truth or do you want the lies? That's what you've got to ask yourself. Because it seems like with our people, we like to hear the things that sound good. We don't want to hear the truth. And we like to go to those people that they call so-called prophets and priests that give it to us the way they want to give it to us and not according to the scripture. Somebody give me um a Second uh, uh, John chapter one verse nine. Give me that, Malik. Second John one and nine. We are gonna go to this real quick. Second John one and nine. Second John one and nine says. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. Yeah. Read that again. I, because if you're not following by this doctrine, 
then that means you ain't got God in you. So all these people teaching this book. Um, Read that again, whoever, huh? whoever transgresses, transgresses, and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. You see? So what is the doctrine of Christ? What, what did he look like? What is his nationality? Where did he come from? These are things that we don't know. Does he look like the white picture that they, they put in these churches? You know, does he, is he the guy they put in these Hollywood movies? Uh, does he have brown eyes? Does he have green eyes? What does he look like? You see? What did he teach? So we're going to find out real quick just because we're going to find out what the doctrine of Christ is. Let's find out what Christ said out of his own mouth. Now we're going to get to the meat of this thing to find out who are the children of Israel according to the Bible, not according to what man says. So we're going to go and we're going to dig into this thing a little deep. So we're going to jump through, um, matter of fact, I'm going, to, I'm going to jump somewhere different. Salvador, give me Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. And I want, to, I want everybody to listen to what the doctrine of Christ is saying, not to what man says. Revelation one one. Revelation one on one. All right. Book of Revelations, chapter one, verse one. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And now, what he said, hold on real quick. What does the word revelation mean? Does anybody in this call know? I know the phone is open. So anybody could jump in. What does the word revelation mean? To reveal. To reveal. So what? Yes, what you say, Mr. Salomo? To, to reveal, to, to open reveal. up understanding. Right. Okay. So he's saying that he's going to reveal. So read that again. Why is he going to reveal? Read that again, Ak. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. We who, bear, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and of all things that he saw. Now hold on. Verse 2 said, who bear record. When you bear record of something, what does that mean, family? You witness it. That means witness. And it says, uh, and, it says, and of all things that he saw, well, we got problems. Because that means eventually somewhere in this verse or this book or this chapter, it's going to show how Jesus looked. So you got to ask yourself, whatever denomination or whatever things you were coming from or whatever background, how many times did they show you the revelation of Jesus Christ or Yahweh Shai in the Hebrew? Or did you have to find it yourself? Did you go to church for 10 to 15 years and finally hear somebody say, oh, he looked like a penny? Never. Never. I talked to brothers and sisters before I left the Christian church, or even matter of fact, right after I left the Christian church, I ask people all the time, what does Jesus look like according to the Bible? 
not according to the Roman Catholic Church. And you know what they tell me? I don't know. Maybe he's just a spirit. Well, I got a problem because if he walked this earth, doesn't he have a body? So the most important person in this book, nobody wants to talk about how he really looked. Why is that? Because when you find out how he looks, to everybody that's on his call, what do you usually determine? I'm gonna use a perfect I'm gonna use a perfect example. If you decide to go rob an old lady and she decides to call the cops, what is the first thing she's gonna do when she get when the, when the cops come and ask her a question? What is she gonna to say to them? Give a description. They're gonna she's gonna give a description of what the bandit or the perpetrator look like. Because why? That's gonna tell the cops what? Usually the height, the color, and what? The nationality of the person. Think about it. When you give a description to somebody, you say, oh, he was a tall black guy with, 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 uh, with Negro hair. Oh, okay, well, what did he wear? He had a hoodie on. Okay, I'm going to find that guy. You see? So anytime you give a description of somebody, it's very important because it tells you usually more than nine times out of ten their nationality. So let's find out the nationality and the image of Christ. Because it's all going back to finding out who are the children of Israel. Well, guess what? If he was a Jew, we would want to know what this Jew looks like. Because obviously if this Jew looked like a certain, if he had an image, his people would have to be close to that image that he looks like. Doesn't that make sense? I don't believe somebody could look purple and his people could be pink. That doesn't make sense. So we have to find out what does our Lord and Savior look like so we can get an understanding of saying, hold up. If he looked like this, that means that his multitudes and all the people, the brethren that was living during that time, that means they had to look like that too. And this is how we get rid of the lies that we were taught and we open our ears to see the truth or to hear the truth because we're reading it now and when we're reading it's giving us understanding. So now we're going to jump down, and this is why I read this verse a little bit earlier, but now you're going to find out why Christ said this. Now, Malik, read this again. We just read it a little bit earlier, but I want you to read it again. Read verse 3, Ock. Verse 3. Um, uh, the same scripture from before? Yeah, Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. Revelation 1, 3. Blessed is he that read it. They that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. He said to keep those things that are written. Why? Because the time is at hand. You see, all these things that were written for our learning and our understanding on purpose. You think he didn't know that it was going to come and change his image? He noticed already. That's why he said to read. So when these things happen, you want to be doctrinized by garbage. He gave you these scriptures to protect every single one of you that's on his phone so that you wouldn't fall prey to the world. But all he asked you to do was read, and you couldn't even do it. Because you know why? You didn't even open up the book to see he said to read. So let's find out what he looked like. 
Did he keep the Sabbath day? You know, these are certain, there's, certain, there's so many questions about this man that we never asked. Well, I'm going to ask Pastor. Is Pastor too holy or too righteous that we can't speak to him? Who is he? Because if he got, if he's supposed to have to be the man to give me this bread, I should be able to ask Pastor a thousand questions, and Pastor should have a thousand answers. Why is it that when I ask Pastor these questions, he gets upset and he wants to throw you out the church? So let's find out what the man that they call Jesus Christ that they put in this Bible to give us even more confusion, instead of calling him his real, the translating Hebrew name, why Jesus Christ looked like, or what does he look like according to the Bible? Now, Salvador, I want you to jump to verse 10, and I want you to hear this. I want you to read it real slow, Ock. Verse 10. Read verse 10. Oh, you want to read, uh, Malik? I'm going to take Salvador to um, Daniel. So, you know what, Malik, finish it off, Ock. All right, verse 10, there we go, Revelations 1, verse 10, for those trying to find, it says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. Now, it says in verse 10, I was in the spirit in the Lord's day. What is the Lord's day, family? Sabbath day. The Sabbath day. Sabbath. I'm young. The Sabbath day. But they told you the Sabbath day is done away with. We go to church on Sunday. So why is John in the spirit on the Lord's day? They should have said that he was in the spirit on Sunday. That's another lie. You see, if I was you, I would have went to church with my darn trick book. And every time I find out something is a lie, check. Strike one. And she was on a spirit in the Lord's day. That means the Sabbath day is not done away with. That's check one. Keep reading. I'll read verse 11. Perfect. It's 11 Revelations 1, verse 11. Saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book. Stop right there. He said, what you see, write it in a book. Hold up. Why would Christ tell John to write his image in a book? I thought his image didn't matter. Uh, That's what they told me in church. It doesn't matter what he looked like. He can look like a rainbow. So he's telling John, John is praying. So you have to know how this Bible is talking. He's praying, and he's in the spirit. And this voice that's coming behind him is telling him, when you turn around, this image that you see, you better write it in that book. Key read, Ock. Revelations 1, 12 says, And I turned to see the voice that spake unto me. And being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. Verse 13. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the feet, and girt about the paths with a golden girdle. Verse 14. And his head and his hairs were like were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. Not right there. You see, one of my favorite sports is baseball. So that's strike two. 
It said that his hairs and his head were white like wool. Well, guess what? That picture that you see in the Catholic Church, it don't look like that. What? We got problems. And if you want to go to your Catholic Church, go open up Revelations and go to the same scripture we read, and you're going to find the same thing there. So now we got two strikes. We got problems. So it didn't say it's color yet, but it darn sure told you the texture is here, and white people do not have woolly hair. That's strike two. Let's finish them up with strike three. Keep reading, Hop. Awesome. Here we go. Read verse 15. And and his eyes were the flame of fire. Verse 15. And his feet like unto fine brass, as if they they burned and they burned And his voice as the sound of many waters. Now, hold on. It says, and his feet unto fine brass. Now, anybody on this phone that knows anything about the color of brass, that's the same exact color as a penny. And if you don't believe me, you got to Google, look it up. And it says, as if it burned in a furnace. That's bronze. Well, guess what? I don't know what's going on in these churches, but that guy that's on that picture got to go. <laughs> you see? Um, he got to go. God. Somebody hearing Because the book is telling you that he looked like something else, but they got somebody else up there. So now you got to ask yourself, well, who the hell is that? Right. Because my Lord and Savior don't look like that. But yet you pray every day to that man on your wall when you go to cousin or uh, 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 whoever house, whatever, Lopez, and, and, and it's sad because as a people, as a culture, we are all being doctrinized by that image. Because somebody in your, in your family, when you go to their house, they're going to have that image right there on their wall whether it's the Last Supper or it's a regular picture. And you know what the problem is? That image has destroyed us for finding out who are the children of Israel according to the Bible. Because you know why? When you see that image, you automatically say, oh, he was a white Jew, just like those people in Israel. But we got a problem because we just read that the so-called Jew or this man that was called a Jew in the Bible, he don't look like that. So now, if he was a man of woolly textured hair and black skin, or if you want to just be more political correct, brown skin, then what is his nationality? You see? And this is something they don't want to deal with. And this is why you don't know who you are. They love to say you're Arabic or something. They don't want to make him black. That's the they don't want him to be well, a he's Middle Eastern. I forgot that's another color. He's olive. Green or black is olive. Now here's the funny thing though. If he was Middle Eastern, woolly Middle Eastern people don't have woolly textured hair. They have dead stringy hair just like white people. Or some will have curly hair. There's only one nationality of people that got 
I'm here that look like a sheep. And it's the Negroes that's in so-called America that's scattered through the four corners of the earth. That's what you call so-called black people. Hallelujah. We're the only people that get those little peas on our chest, and I'm seeing little peas on our chest going on a peasy head. <laughs> and it's funny, but it's true. Nabby makes me happy. So now you have to say, well, when they was making fun of me in school, they said my hair was nappy. Well, guess what? Jesus' hair was nappy, too. How about that? Gone. So guess what? Every time you make fun of me, you make it fun of the Savior. So now we eliminated one problem in, in, in finding out who we are because this man is not a white Jew. So if he was black, then what would his people be? Now, just to furthermore prove that I'm not making this up, let's find out what Daniel seen in the Old Testament. This is why they don't like to deal with the Old Testament. Somebody go to Daniel chapter 10, verse 5. And we're going to find out the Old Testament and the New Testament is the same book. Go ahead, Taylor. Matter of fact, before you even read verse 10 and 5, I want you to read 10 and 1 first to show you that every time these people, these prophets, seen the um, the Most High God or his son, they was only in the spirit. That's why when you pray and you seek in the Most High, he will show you these things, but we don't pray either. But, we, but that's a whole other thing. So let's go to Daniel chapter 10, and I want to start at verse 1. All right. Daniel chapter 10, verse 1. Bring it out. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar. And the thing was true, but the time appointed was long, and he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. You see? He had understanding of the vision. Let's find out what vision that Daniel had, and let's see if it was the same one that John had. Let's go to jump to verse 5. Read this. I read verse 5 and 6. Verse 5. Then I lift up mine eyes and look, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of Euphaz. His body also was like the barrel and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire, and his arms and his feet like in color to polished brass. Hold on. And the, it says that his arms and his legs was into color. I thought Jesus was white. That's right. I mean, we got problems. It says polished brass. Now, does anybody know what polished brass looks like? You want to know what polished brass looks like? Take a Negro and let them go exercise for two hours on the darn treadmill. That's polished brass. When you start glowing and you start sweating, that's a polished color. So that's two, that's two chapters but in two verses, or actually it was a four altogether, where you see that the same man that was seen in the Old Testament was seen in the New Testament, where guess what? He wasn't white. 
kind. You see? So this is where the problems start because we always get the lies first and then we get the truth. We don't get the truth and then deal with the lies after. That's the problem with our people. We get the lies and we don't know how to deal with the truth. So by the time you get 30 years old, 40 years old, 50 years old, when the truth come out, you just don't want to hear it. I'm happy where I'm at. Listen, I'm a Christian. I believe in Christ. That's all. Look, John 3, 16, God came for everybody. I'm good to go. That's all I need to know. I got my Bible. Even though I don't read it, I'm good. Well, are you good? Or are you still missing something according to this Bible? Because this Bible is still missing a certain people that need to be identified. We need to find out who these people are. Because we just found out that the Savior wasn't a white man. So obviously if he wasn't white, then those so-called people that's over in Israel can't be his people because they don't look like him. I don't ever hear in history or know that a predominantly dark race with Negro hair could do a 360 and swap out and come back to be Europeans with pale skin and dead stringy hair. That don't make sense. You see, so now we're going to go into the Old Testament and we're going to identify some things that a lot of people miss over. But like I said, the first thing we have to understand is that this book was given to us to read. And if we read it, we would get the knowledge and wisdom and understanding of what we're missing. And this is one reason why Paul said this about these so-called leaders in these churches. Uh, Malik, give me Romans chapter 1, verse 26. Romans chapter 1. Verse 26. There you are. All right, Romans 1.26 says, For the cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did not change, did change the natural use into that which is against nature. No, 126, I, you jumped over. Oh, my fault. Romans 1, verse 26. Kind. Oh, I'm sorry, 125. I'm sorry. I, one, I'll go up one. Okay. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Who changed the truth of God into a lie? You have to ask yourself that. Because we just read that Jesus Christ was a black man or a man of color, according to the Bible, with woolly hair. Well, guess what? It's only one foundation of people that support supporting otherwise to so with this doctrine that Paul told you and Timothy not to deal with if it's not according to what this book says. So who is that? Guess what? The Roman Catholic Church has got exposed. So now we have to say, hold up. If we read this and got this understanding, we would have left these churches alone and we would have read this book and said, okay, let me find out what this book is talking about now that I'm not a Christian. So now we're going to go to the Old Testament and I want to go to, I want to, go to Genesis 
and we're going to find out about who Jacob is in the Bible. Because, see, there's a man that's in the Bible that was called Jacob, and there were certain characteristics about this man that you're going to find out who Jacob became according to the Scriptures. So now we're going to find out who is Israel according to the Bible. So let's go to Genesis chapter 25. And I want you to start at verse 22, Salvador. Go there, Ak. Genesis 25, verse 22. We're going to find out who Jacob is. Is Jacob that man in Israel, or is he somebody else? All right. The book of Genesis, chapter 25. I mean, yeah, 25, verse 26. No, sorry, and after, I want you to read from 22 to 26. From 20? 22. Sorry, uh, uh, oh, 22. 22. Yeah, sorry, verse 22, I can read down to 26. All right, verse 22. And the children uh, struggled together within her, said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people. And the elder shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red, all over like a hairy garment. And they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother, came his brother out. Can you finish it off, Huck? And Isaac was three score years older when she buried them. No, hold on, hold on. Stop. Read on. It says his hand took hold of Esau's hill. You didn't read that part. Read that part. Uh, Just read 26 over. Sound good. 25 and 26. All right, I'll read it. Genesis 25, uh, verse 26. Yeah, bring it up. And after, I'll, I'll go back to 25. And the first came out red and all over like a hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out, and his, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel. And his name was called Jacob, and Isaac was three score years old when she buried him. Now I want you to stop right there. This is one of the most powerful scriptures in the Bible, and I'm going to tell you why. So some people may be like, okay, well, why is he going there? Why, why is it so important? Um, it's just talking about two twin boys. Well, guess what? One of these twin boys came out red, and the other one wasn't described about why, what color he was. So you have to ask yourself, why did the Bible describe Esau, but it never described Jacob? That's a question mark that you should have. Well, if Jacob was a so-called black man, like these Negroes be saying, why didn't say he was black? Well, we're going to find out why it didn't say his color. Because in the Bible, when you had a discoloration of a melanated person, you was, you was basically brought out or they actually announced what you look like because you didn't look like everybody else. And I'm going to prove it. Malik, go to Numbers chapter 12, verse 5. And I want you to read from 5 to 10. I'm going to show you that. Any time in the Bible that you were uh, 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 separated or they want to show you that you were not the color of everybody else, 
they will distinguish you by, say, by showing you that you will become another color. So this is very important. All right, here we go. Numbers 12, verses 5 to 10. And the Lord came down on the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. And he said, Hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. My My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him I will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently, and not in dark speeches, and the similitude of the Lord shall behold shall he behold. Wherefore then were he not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle, and behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. Now, it said that in verse 9, and the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, he departed. And the cloud departed from, from the tabernacle, and Miriam became leprous, white as snow. What does the word became mean? That means she came from something else. She came from something else to become white. Well, we got a problem because in the Bible movies, they put Miriam to be a white woman. We got a problem. So that's showing you that he took her natural color and she became leprous. She became white. The same as Esau was described as being red, but they didn't say nothing about Jacob. So to prove it even further, let's find out what Moses looked like. Let's go to Exodus chapter 4, verse 4. And I want you to read from 4 to 6. To show you that every time the Most High is showing you the power of his glory, he makes you a certain color, meaning that they had to be original colors because why is he making them a certain color to show his glory? And if they were white, it wouldn't make sense to make them white because that's not showing me nothing. How can I be white and you make my skin white? That doesn't make sense. So the next time you watch Exodus, Gods, and Kings, Miriam is not that color. So read that real quick. Uh, Exodus chapter 4, verse 4, and I want you to read uh, from 4 to 6. Exodus 4, chapter chapter 4, verses 4 to 6. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thine hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught it. And it became a rod in the teeth, that they may believe that the Lord God of, the, of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, have appeared unto thee. And the Lord said furthermore unto him, Put now thine hand unto thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. Oh, wow. He told Moses to put his hand on his chest. The word bosom is an old English word for chest. He said, put your hand on your bosom. And when Moses took his hand out, it became white. Well, guess what? That man that was playing the Batman that played Exodus, Gods, and Kings, Moses was not no white man. Right. That's proven right here. You see? So this is showing you how the Most High shows his glory 
by separating us by color. So Esau would describe as being red because obviously he didn't look like his brother. So now we're going to go into the characteristics of Jacob. And I want everybody, this is going to be a lag, because I want everybody to look at their arms, and some of us are a little bit hairy, but for the most majority, let's find out what kind of man Jacob would be. So now we're going to go back to Genesis, and I want you to give me Genesis chapter 27, verse 11. Genesis chapter 27, verse 11. Read this. And I want everybody to look at your arm while you're reading this. And Jacob said to Rebekah, his mother, Behold, he saw my brother as a hairy man, and I am a smooth man. My, pro- my father preadventure will fill me, and I shall seem to him as a deceiver, and I shall bring a curse upon me. And not a blessing. I want you to go back to verse 11. He said that Esau was a hairy man. So the first scripture you just read about Esau was that he was red. Now he's telling, he's complaining to his mother, yo, my brother is red and hairy. I'm a smooth man. So now we understand that Jacob was a smooth man. I don't know about anybody on this phone, but I don't have that much hair on my arms. My hands, my arms are smooth as a baby's behind. So that's characteristics of showing you how Jacob would be. Said so Jacob would be a smooth. He was a smooth man. Now I'm gonna show some more characteristics of Jacob. Um, Malik, go to um, Genesis chapter 25, verse 27. Genesis 25, verse 27 reads as follows. And the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field, and Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. Uh-oh. Well, we got a problem, because in the streets on the swing, they say black dudes are, are, are what? House dudes. Chilling. Chilling. You make that money and work and then go back home and take care of the family. Where do you mostly find so-called Negroes or so-called Latin people? They're always close to home. That's our culture, period. You're hitting on something, brother. That's the truth. We're not in the fields and in the mountains hunting. Nope. So Jacob said, it said that Jacob was a house dude and Esau was a skillful hunter. Well, that's two characteristics that separate two different people. So now we're starting to get a better understanding of, before we even get into prophecy, before we deal with, you know, the Torah, all these books that brothers like to go to to just throw all this information on you, let's go to the beginning of how it all started. Now, just to get some more knowledge, we're going to show that Israel was a people before a place. A lot of people don't know that. A lot of people think that Israel is a land in the Middle East. Well, check this out. Before it became a land, it was a person first. Malik, go to Genesis chapter 32 and start at verse 24, Ak. All right. Judges chapter 32. Genesis, Ak. Genesis 32 and 24. All right, Genesis 32 and 24. 
I want you to stop at, uh, I want you to read all the way down to 32 to show you that Israel became a people before a place. Okay. Chapter 24 says, And Jacob was left alone, and there rested a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. Hold on real quick, Doc. This man is wrestling with an angel. Are you not understanding? Do you, do you see the spiritual concept of Jacob wrestling with an angel? What type of people have that type of strength? Black people. Well, I don't find you. If you can find me a European that can wrestle an angel, please find me one. You see? So he's already describing to you that Jacob had enough strength that he wrestled with an angel. And guess what? The only thing that happened to Jacob was what? It just said that the hilo or the, or, or, or the, the, the sinew of his thigh got messed up. That must have been a powerful brother. Uh, Read it again, Rock. Malik, read that, read, that, um, uh, read that over again. No problem. Uh, verse 25. Hello. And when he saw that he had prevailed not against them, he touched the hollow of the thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince has thy power with God and with men, and has prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called thy name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face and my life is preserved. And as he passed over Peniel, the sun rose upon him, and he halted upon his thigh. Therefore the children of Israel eat not of the sinew which shrank, which is upon the hollow of the thigh until this day, because he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh and the sinew that shrank. Now, everybody just read and heard that the name of Jacob shall be no more, and that his name shall be called Israel. He had enough strength that the Most High found him favor that he actually wrestled with an angel, and the Lord said, you know what? You're going to get a new name. Your name is going to be called Israel. Well, guess what? Israel was not a place yet. That was a person. It's still called the land of Canaan. Exactly. Eventually took over the land of Canaan. But as of this point, the name itself was established that the man him that was called Jacob would be called Israel. So that's the biggest lie that's been put in the Christian churches that we don't know that Jacob was a person before a place. Okay. See? So now we're going to find out 
and we're going to prove who is Israel. And there's certain things that will have to happen to Israel according to prophecies in this book. And when we understand these prophecies, we'll know today who fit these people or these prophecies that was written in this book thousands of years ago. Is it European people? Is it Asian people? Is it any white person that walks around? It's got to be a particular people that fits something that Moses says that stands out. Now I want to go to Leviticus chapter 26. And I want you to start there. Matter of fact, um, sis, I'm sorry because I, I kind of canceled the sis out because I forgot. Sis, do you still want to read? <clears throat> sure. Sis, could you start with uh, Leviticus 26? I'm sorry. No problem. Leviticus 26. I want you to start from verse 1. When you understand these prophecies or these curses that will happen to the children of Israel for their disobedience. Okay. Leviticus 26, verse 1. Ye shall make you no idols, nor graven image, neither rear you up a standing image, neither shall ye set up any image of stone in your land to bow down unto it, for I am the Lord your God. Ye shall keep my Sabbath and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. If ye walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, then I will give you rain in due season, and the land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. And your threshing shall reach unto the vintage, and the vintage shall reach unto the sowing time, and ye shall eat your bread to the full, and dwell in your land safely. Six, and I will give peace in the land, and ye shall lie down, and none shall make you afraid, and I will rid every evil beast out of the land, neither shall the sword go through your land. And ye shall chase your enemies, and they shall fall before you by the sword. Mo, you can mute the call so somebody got back on the list. Yeah, it says finish. Hold on one second. Hold on one second before she finishes. Okay. Now, just to go back and read the last verse you just read. Wait, I'm sorry. Let me see. She's calling. One second. Hold that thought, sister. I now you know, sister, go back and read the last verse that you just read. Okay, uh, verse seven. Right, sorry, but go back. Go back to verse six because I think we missed you during that time. Oh, okay. And I will give peace in the land, and ye shall lie down, and none shall make you afraid. I will rid evil beasts out of the land; neither shall the sword go through your land. And ye shall chase your enemies, and they shall fall before you by the sword. And five of you shall chase, and five of you shall chase an hundred, and an hundred of you shall put ten thousands to flight, and your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. And I will have respect unto you, and make you fruitful, and multiply you, and establish my covenant with you. And ye shall eat old store and bring forth the old because of the new. And I will set my tabernacle among you, and my soul shall not abhor you. 
and I will walk among you and will be your God, and you shall be my people. I am the Lord your God, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt, that ye should not be their bondmen. And I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you go upright. But if you will not hearken, if you will not hearken unto me and will not do all of these commandments, and if ye shall despise my statutes, or if your soul abhor my judgment, so that ye will not do all my commandments, but that ye break my covenant, I will also do this unto you. I will even appoint over you terror, consumption, and the burning arg that shall consume the eyes and cause sorrow of heart, and ye shall sow your seed in vain, for your enemies shall eat it. I will set my face against you, and you shall be slain before your enemies. They that hate you shall reign over you, and ye shall flee when none pursueth you. And if ye will not yet for all of this hearken unto me, then I will punish you seven times more for your sins. And I will break the pride of your power, and I will make your heaven heaven as iron, and your earth as brass, and your strength shall be in vain, for your land shall not yield her increase, neither shall the trees of the land yield their fruit. And if ye walk contrary unto me, and will not hearken unto me, I will bring seven times more plagues upon you according to your sins. I will also yield wild beasts among you, which shall rob you of your children, and destroy your cattle, and make you few in number, and your highways shall be desolate. And if ye will not be reformed by me, by these things, but will walk contrary unto me, then I will also walk contrary unto you and will punish you yet seven times for your sins. And I will bring a sword upon you that shall avenge the quarrel of my covenant. And when ye are gathered together within your cities, I will send the pestilence among you and ye shall be delivered into the hand of the enemy. And when I have broken the staff of your bread, ten women shall bake your bread in one oven, and they shall deliver you your bread again by weight, and ye shall eat and not be satisfied. And if ye will not for all of this hearken unto me, but walk contrary unto me, then I will walk contrary unto you also in fury. And I, even I, will chastise you seven times for your sins. And ye shall eat the flesh of your sons, and the flesh of your daughters shall ye eat. And I will destroy your high places, and cut down your images, and cast your carcasses upon the carcasses of your idols, and my soul shall abhor you. And I will make your cities waste, and bring you sanctuaries unto desolation, and I will not smells the savior, the savor of your sweet odors. So I'm going to real quick, let's stop there for a second. Does anybody that's new to this group, does anybody understand what she's reading? I've been keeping up. Anybody got any questions before she continues? I just want to make sure everybody's on one accord about what she's actually reading, about what will happen to the children of Israel if they obey God versus if they disobey God. So everybody in one accord? Everybody understands? Yes. Come. Yes. 
If you don't, please feel free to come in. I mean, because before she goes, I just want to make sure we understand what we're reading. We're reading a prophecy of slavery. It's this particular type of slavery. It's not your ordinary just take a bunch of people and just put them in captivity. There's a certain thing. These are certain things that he's showing you a particular thing is going to happen to these people because they disobeyed. So does everybody understand that? Yes. All right, Connor. So, sis, continue, because now we're going to get to the meat of this thing to show you there's some prophecies later on that's going to show you why there's a particular people in that land today and the people that were supposed to be in that land is not there today. Keep reading, sis. 32. And I will bring the land into desolation, and your enemies which dwell therein shall be astonished at it. And I will scatter you among the heathen, and will draw out a sword after you, and your land shall be desolate, and your cities waste. Then shall the land enjoy her Sabbath, as long as it lieth desolate, and ye be in your enemy's land. Even then shall the land rest, and enjoy her Sabbath. As long as it lieth desolate, it shall rest, because it did not rest in your Sabbath. Let's talk right there real quick, sis. Right now, you're reading a prophecy that the Lord said that the land shall enjoy her Sabbaths, and you won't be there. Well, guess what? Who's over there enjoying the Sabbath day? They're going to quiet now. Who's in the land of Israel enjoying the Sabbath day? The there you go. Or there you go. For, for a modern term, for people that's new to this call, the so-called Jewish people are enjoying the Sabbath day. So we got a problem because the Lord said the people that were supposed to be there will not be there. And if the land will enjoy her Sabbath as long as it lies desolate. You can go on Google right now and then you'll see that the city of Israel is in desolation. Still to this day. And I'm not talking about that political garbage that they show you with the Wailing Wall. I'm talking about the real Israel, the place that they don't show you where it's nothing but desolation of polluted land and dry waste. I'm not talking about the commercial Israel that you see on Sunday on BET Gospel where they say you donate money to these Jewish people. So this is how you understand who the people of this book is because you have to understand the prophecy. So if these people was over there, how would they leave and then come back and still be the people that's not there? That doesn't make sense. So before we even jump to Deuteronomy 28, you have to understand the curses that the land itself will be in desolation and the Sabbaths will be enjoyed before uh, from another people, and you won't be there. And guess what? If you if you could Google or YouTube, every Saturday that land does not move. Everything shuts down on Saturday. Even the secular Jews, they all celebrate. Can I can I say something regarding that? Bring it out. Having having um been in Israel, I'll clearly tell you they do shut the whole country down. 
Matter of fact, even the secular cities, like Tel Aviv is a big city, and it's a secular city. The people are very secular. On a Shabbat, they completely shut down, and even the TV, the TV stations, the, the secular TV stations, um, they all shut down on Shabbat. And uh, they just play music through the night. So if you're watching regular TV, after sundown, regular secular TV shuts down and they just play music. So the entire country shuts down for Shabbat. So if anybody want to do research on that, when you get some spare time, you can actually YouTube and you'll see that the land of Israel, once Sabbath comes in, that whole land shuts down. You won't even hear a horse pee. And the streets are barren. Matter of fact, you only see a couple of cabs on the street. You barely see the entire city shuts down. You see only a few cabs running around on Shabbat. And I'm not, and I'm not talking about a small town. I'm talking in a major city like Tel Aviv. The entire city shuts down. Time. So now that we got that understanding that the land will endure her Sabbaths, and you've read all these other things that will happen to these people, let's start at, let's jump to Deuteronomy, and um, Malik, if you want to jump back in, and I'm, I'm going to have the sister come after you. Go to Deuteronomy 28, and I want you to start at verse 15. All right, Deuteronomy 28, verse 15. One moment. All right, here we go. All right, verse 15. Let's verse 15. Before we even do that, let's find out who is being. Uh, I want to. I want to get. I want everybody just to be on one accord. Let's find out who Moses was speaking to because we want to make sure everybody understands when they take taking notes who was Moses speaking to. Everybody, go to Deuteronomy chapter one, verse one. Deuteronomy 1, 1. And it said, These be the words which Moses spake unto all of Israel on that side, this side, Jordan, in the wilderness, and in the plain over against the Red Sea, between Paran and Typhon, and Laban and Hazareth, and, and, and Dizahat. So these are the words that Moses spake to the children of Israel. Now let's go to Deuteronomy 28. I want you to start at verse 15. Deuteronomy 28, verse 15. Read. Well, everybody get it. Just let everybody um, get a chance to get it. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 15. All right, verse 15 says, But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe to do all his commandments and his statutes which I command thee this day, then all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Curses shall be in the city, and curse shall thou be in the field. Talk real quick. I, I want everybody to understand that. It said, read verse 15 again so you can get to understand it real quick. I, I want you to read the first part of verse 15. But it shall come to pass. Now, what does the word, it shall come to pass, mean? Does anybody know? It's going to happen. It means it's going to happen, because a lot of people don't understand the old English. So for those that's on this call that may not understand the old English, it shall come to pass means it will happen. Now, go ahead and finish up. 
If thou will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Now stop real there. What does the word hearken mean for those that don't know that either? To hear, to listen, to obey. The word, yeah, the word hearken means to listen, to obey, to hear. Exactly. Keep going. To observe, to do all his commandments and his statutes, which I command thee this day, that all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Cursed shall thou be in the city, and cursed shall thou be in the field. Cursed shall thou be shall thy basket and thy store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy head, the increase of thine kind and the flocks of thy sheep. Cursed shall be thou when thou comest in, and cursed shall be thou when thou goest out. The Lord shall sit upon thee cursing, vexation, and rebuke, and all that thou settest thine hand into for to do until they be destroyed and until they perish quickly because of the wickedness of their doing, whereby thou hast forsaken me. The Lord shall make the pestilence cleave unto thee until he hath consumed thee from all off the land, whether thou goest to possess it. The Lord shall smite thee with, with a consumption, and with a fever, and with inflammation, and with extreme burning, and with the sword, and with blasting, and with mildew. And they shall pursue thee until thou perish. And thy heaven, that it is over, shall, he, shall head, thy head shall be brass, and the earth that is under thee shall be iron. And the Lord shall make the rain of thy land powder and dust. From heaven shall it come upon thee until thou be destroyed. The Lord shall cause thee to be smitten before thine enemy. Thou shalt go in one way against them and flee seven ways before them. And shall be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth. And thou carcass shall be meat unto all the fowls of the air and unto the beasts of the, of the earth. And no man shall fray thee away. And the Lord shall smite thee with the botch of Egypt, and with the emerald, and with the scab, and with the itch, whereby thou canst not be healed. The Lord shall smite thee with madness, and blindness, and astonishment of heart. And thou shalt grope at noonday, as the blind gropeth in darkness. And thou shalt not prosper in thy ways, and thou shalt be only oppressed, and spoiled evermore. And right. no man shall save thee. Thou shalt be oppressed and spoiled evermore. What people in this world today is oppressed and spoiled? Somebody better, I mean, it don't take a rocket science to figure that out. Um. You see? So he's showing you some things that's going to happen to these people because they're disobedience. Now, we might not have time tonight to get into it, but the second part of this is going to show you that all through the Bible, Israel kept breaking God's commandments. So this is why Moses gave a prophecy that they kept breaking the commandments. There were certain things that would have to happen. So this was a prophecy. So the next part that we're going to get into is showing that after we're done with this part, Israel over and over and over and over kept breaking God's commandments. So this is why what Moses said had to come to truth or come to pass. So keep reading, Ak. Yeah. Verse, verse, 20, verse 30. 
thou shalt betroth a wife, and, every, and another man shall lie with her. Mm-hmm. Thou shalt build the house, and thou shalt not dwell therein. Hold on, right here. It says, you have a wife, and a mo- another man shall lie with her. Who did that happen to? Happened to us when we were when we went into captivity. Imagine uh, us when Columbus came over here. How many women did he rape when he came over here? Time. Before we even get to us, let's look at the truth because we have to deal with the whole history of the raping, the killing, the robbing, and the murdering. Not just what happens to the so-called black man on the transatlantic slave trade. What happened to those Indians? that greeted those so-called Spaniards when he was over here pregnant, and Columbus said, hey, look at that over there. We got a bunch of gold, we got a bunch of riches, and we got a bunch of Indians that speak Hebrew. Mm-hmm. See, these are the things that they're not going to teach you in the history books in school. So you got to go out there and find them yourself. Kind. We'll talk about that. They don't talk about it in 1491 or 1492, Columbus came over here and started raping a, 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 a Taino, Aztec, Mayan, all these different Indians that lived in the Caribbean, South and Central America. They don't tell you about that. But they tell you about the black man being a slave all day. <laughs> they, they put us up there as just being slaves, and they leave the so-called Spanish alone so the so-called Spanish don't even know their history. True. They don't know nothing about Columbus. All they know is about a damn turkey dinner and kumbaya. Yeah. What's on that? Well, you know, Columbus came over here, shook, uh, he had Pocahontas, and they had a big feast. Really? That's what happened? Hmm. That's a lie. They use that to the, um, also use it against us, um, the Hispanics that say, you niggas are, are slaves, you know. But I like, you a slave too. You don't know your history. You know, y'all was talking first, but, you know, that's all, you know, the plan, you know, they uh-huh. did. Well, stop, Mo, I want you to stop there. And um, I want to do the songs. I want you to jump to it real quick, and we're going to go back to this, to show you that this happened to the so-called Native Indians. Go to Psalms chapter 55. I'm going to start at verse 20. I'm going to show you what happened to the so-called native Indians in the Bible. Come on. Go here. Psalms, Psalms 55. Now I want you to start at verse 20. Watch this. Let's find out when they came over here what they really did. Psalms 55. What verse was that? Start at verse 20. I want you to read 20 and 21. Watch this. He has put forth his hands against such as be at peace with him. He has broken his covenant. The words of his mouth were smoother than butter, but war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet were they drawn swords. Oh, we got a problem. Because when the so-called white man came over here, the Indians took their hand and said, hey, how you doing? They just what? Right. What they call in the streets, he gassed them up, and they started, what, killing them. And they were smooth like butter. Exactly. Hey, come over here, Mr. Indian. We just want to stay over here for a week. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's deep. You see, he gave them smooth words, and because we're a spiritual people and we're a loving, kind people, we took them in. Wow. Hey, uh, hey, uh, God. Can we go to uh, Psalm 83? 
Listen, this is all about Israel. So if you got something, I mean, like I said, I want to jump there real quick just to prove something. But now, if everybody got their notes and their pens and papers, go ahead, bring it out, Ak. Okay, this Psalms 83. It ties right into, it ties right into what, what you're Con. talking about, what happened. Con. We can start at verse number, uh, uh, sorry, verse number one. All right, can you read it, Austin? What's your name, by the way? Uh, my name is Yehuda. Are you? Yeah, go on and read it, brother. Okay, it says, Keep not silence, O Yah. Hold not thy peace. Be not still, O Yah. For lo, thy enemies make a torment. And they that hate thee have lifted up their head. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against thy hidden ones. They have said, come, let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. For they have taken, they have consulted together with one consent. They are confederate against thee. The tabernacles of Edom and the Ishmaelites, Moab and the Hagarines, Gabel, Amen, Amalek, and the Philistines with the inhabitants of Tyre. Asher also is joined with them, and they have hope in the children of Lot. Say lie. All praises. All praise to the Most High. Hallelujah. So I don't know if everybody got that. If you want to explain that scripture real quick, I'll go ahead. Okay. So it was basically, this was a, this was a conglomerate scheme. You know, um, this. Oh, I'm sorry. We have some nice. Oh man, hold on one second. Okay, I'll call for a minute. If if you're not speaking, if you don't mind, because the call's being recorded, can you put? If you're not speaking. Could you put your phone on mute so I can leave the lines unmuted, please? Thank you. Appreciate it. God, regard, brother. Okay. Sorry about that. Okay, were y'all going? Were you going somewhere else? Somewhere else? Not no, I'm going, man. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. You explain your scripture. I'm gonna okay. come after you. Yeah, I... Okay. Um, it was uh this this scheme, you know, um against Israel was so powerful that they came together. It was almost like a United Nations gathering to make this thing happen against us. Um, and they came together. All these nations, the Edomites, the Ishmaelites. All of them came together and conformed this confederacy against us, that the name of Israel would never be in remembrance. And, you know, and it goes on to show, like, this, uh, the fake Jews and the Zionist regime must have followed this. You know, um, I like it until one of, one of the uh, news articles I read. And the Philistines said, how did they leave Israel black and come back white? Oh, you did it. So we see that this thing, I'm sorry. Yeah, so we see that, that, that this is this is serious. How they, they came to uh, cut us off from being a nation, you know. Um, that's powerful when you want to cut someone off from being who they are. They're born to be. 
and still that's there. That's real hate. That's some truly hatred right there. Hallelujah. Was this but, something yeah, I, I wanted to say something? Sound like it was a sister out there that was about to comment. Pardon me? Say that again? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, sister. Are you going to comment? Was there something you wanted oh, to say? No. I, I, I'm sorry. I did make a little bit of a statement, but I didn't. I was just kind of feeding off of what he had said. I said it kind of spontaneously. Oh, okay. But I did say that it was really powerful what they did, and I was just also saying as well as filling our identity. That just kind of rolled off my tongue when he was talking. Yeah. Right, okay. Well, so I didn't want to make... Did anybody else want to comment on it? That was actually sure. powerful. Brother Yehuda, Yehuda, that was pretty powerful. Anybody else want to comment about that? About the conversion, yeah. too. You know, they use that today, you know, with all that. That's a... You know, all the, the U.N. and all them people are all confederate against us. They know who we are, but you don't see how people in them no places, no buildings, you know. We just. You know, you know, we are pretty peaceful people because all that's been done to, whether it was, the you know, the so-called Indians, the so-called Latinos, the so-called uh, uh, blacks in America, and we always really rise up. We would overthrow them all. We are right. peaceful people. You know, it's their people that's out blowing up schools and blowing up federal buildings and blowing up post office, et cetera. That's not us. I said, we're pretty peaceful people. We really was bitter, like they claim that we are. They would, have, they, they would get their justice. Right. I'm, I'm back on call. I got disconnected. I'm sorry about that. That's all right. We just carried on, brother. Fine. So um, if you got if you got more, I go ahead. But if you don't, I'm gonna jump back. I'm gonna let him finish over Deuteronomy. Um, anybody got something else before we keep going on? All right, Moses. So go back to Deuteronomy, and I want you to jump to uh, I want you to jump down to verse 35, and I want you to go from 35 down or 35 up rather. So we want to get to the meat of this thing to show these curses that will only happen to a certain people. So for those that never read this chapter, you're going to get a good understanding of who you are as a so-called black or Hispanic on this phone. All right, verse, 30, verse 35 says, The Lord shall smite thee in the knee and in the legs with a sore box that cannot be healed. From the sore of thy foot unto the top of thy head, the Lord shall bring thee and thy king which thou shalt sit over thee unto a nation which neither thou nor thy fathers have known, and there shall they ser- thou serve other gods, wood Wait, and stone. Wait, he says you shall serve other gods, wood and stone. What is the biggest god today that's of wood? Christianity. That cross is wood. The cross. There you go. Now, guess what? Where did the cross originate from? Egypt. Yeah, no, I'm talking about as far as what 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 place built up the cross as far as their their temple worship. What's the first place that did it? Oh, the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church. There we go. So now you have to ask yourself: This is a curse that the Lord said will put on the children of Israel to deal with that Roman cross, or that you know what the Babylonian Egyptian. They all mean the same thing because they all came from the same gods. But the founder, 
of that garbage today is the man who's still on that TV that they call a pope. Evil. That's the biggest thing that so-called blacks and Hispanics wear in their neck. They walk around with a cross all day long thinking that they came closer to, to, to the kingdom of heaven, and they have no idea what they got on their neck. You got bondage on your neck. You got, exactly. You got bondage on your neck. Key reader, Ock. No problem. Got that Got that religious bondage. Anyway, verse 37 goes, And thou shalt become an astonishment, a proverb, a byword, among all nations, whither the Lord shall lead thee. Well, guess what? You just found out why you caught a so-called nigger in Hispanic, according to the Bible. But guess what? There's only two type of people in this world today that don't live by the indigenous name. You're not Hispanic. That's a slave name. You're not African-American because it's impossible for you to be a black man in this country and be a nationality of 52 different countries. That's impossible. That means that you have 52 daddies. Content. So if you're African-American, then that means that your mother must have slept with 53 men. Or 52 men, rather. Right. See, how can you be a descendant of a place that has over 52 countries and they can't even tell you where to go? We don't have a homeland. And you know, and if you could reiterate, I think that was was powerful when you said um, that blacks and Hispanics don't have their own last name. We were given. Could you reiterate that for the people that are new so you understand exactly about the last name? There's a scripture I'm going to bring up, but I'm not going to do it tonight because I didn't want to get into that part. But the next part that we do, I'm going to show you that it was prophesied in the Bible that you will be called by your owner's last name. That's in the Bible. A lot of people don't even know that. But I want to save that for the second part. But just to stay on topic, if you look at your last name, like my last name, my last name backtracks to a plantation in Georgia. And it's actually a town, if you go on Google, it's actually a town called McCray, Georgia, where these so-called Scottish people had black Negroes on a plantation. So if you look at your last name, that's not your last name biblically. Or what you was called by by your forefathers or your foremothers. That's what the, the so-called European gave you. Most people that I speak to in the street, I ask them, what in the world does the name Puerto Rican mean? What does Dominican mean? And you know what they tell me? I don't know. So why the hell are you calling yourself something that you don't know, know nothing about? You don't make no sense. The black man is not going to get off the hook easy, um, easy either because I ask people, if you're African-American, why is it that every time somebody calls you African, you get upset? I dare you to go into the street tomorrow and go to a black man and say, yo, you African. Watch what he say to you. He's going to get mad, and you're going to see his face turn purple. So you have to ask yourself, what do these names mean? Now, if you start doing the etymology or the, the, the genealogy of these words, you're going to find out that the word Dominican means loyal dog. So why the hell are you calling yourself a loyal dog? The word Puerto Rican means rich port. So I guess you're a rich port. Now they really get you mad because now 
we're going to really get to some nasty names. They call us Caribbean. They call us Jamaican people or the people that's in that, that area of the, of the islands. They call them West Indians. Well, guess what? The word Indian means savage. So they call you a Western savage. Come on. So what the hell are you? Because these ain't my, this is not my name. You're not going to find the word Puerto Rican in the Bible. You're not going to find the word Dominican in the Bible, Mexican. What is, what, where, where these names come from? But guess what? You're going to find out that when Columbus came over here, all those Europeans that came with him had a special last name. And everywhere they conquered, they called those Indians by their last name. Just like when you look at the land of Africa or the so-called land of America, it was not named by the children of Israel. Originally it was, but guess what? When the Europeans came and took over, they gave it their last name. So you say, oh, I'm American. Well, then how are you America's last future? Because he's a European. No, you live in America, and you're an American citizen, but you are still a Hebrew according to your bloodline, according to the Bible. Bring it out. That's right. So that's why when people tell you, yeah, I am an American. I'm an American citizen, just like when you read the book of Acts. Paul is going to tell you, we're going to get into that Paul will tell you, yes, I am a Jew, but I live in the city of Tarsus. So this is why it's very important to understand that blacks and Hispanics are the only people that's not going by the indigenous last name at all. And guess what? For the so-called black people that's on this phone, your last name changes every 10 years, or 15 years, rather, because since the so-called early 1900s, they don't change that name about over 200 times. Go look it up. We wasn't even At one point, I was full, I'm, even my mother, she was satisfied with being called a Negro. She was like, look, a Negro's cool. I'm good with that. They said, nah, we're going to find these coons, start the civil rights movement, and we're going to call them African Americans. That's what you are. We're going to have an S-curl man named Jesse Jackson, and you're going to be called African American. That's your new name. And guess what? You're so ignorant that you just adopted to it. Well, you know what? The serial black power, Martin Luther King, yeah, I'm African-American, black power. Yep, that's what you are. It's a shame. Yeah, brother. Um, see, see, all of that is is the conspiracy that you read in Psalms, Psalms uh, 83. All of that is that conspiracy. I mean, the goal is to cut these people off from being who they really are. So it by going around a couple of nicknames would only mess them up. You know what I'm saying? Um, and just like with all of that, that was how we would set our opinion for a curse. That is in the Bible. Um, and it's still been prophesied that one day we would start naming ourselves according to our original uh, names. All of that is a tactic to make sure the children of Israel never wake up. That's all it is. Con. You know, you run around, oh, I'm African-American, but the Africans never called you that. They called you a Negro. You know what I'm saying? They called you a, um, 
I seen I seen uh poster boards that actually said Hebrews for sale. You know what I'm saying? Um but they never they never called us African. They never said we're the same people. Nowhere nowhere they don't like to explain this part. Nowhere in history do you see any tribe of people selling their own people as slaves. Never. Ever. Ever in history. You see what I mean? And that's that don't raise no eyebrows. Never ever in history. You know, white folks started saying that crap, uh, you know, just to justify what they did. Uh Edomite started saying that crap just to soften up what they did. Oh, it's not too bad that we had slaves because blacks sold blacks. You see? You see what I mean? Come, so come. this is their excuse. Yeah, this is their excuse to try to soften up what happened. You know, and a lot of people don't don't realize that if 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 they would have went and really took some uh, that many people from Africa, you think them Africans wouldn't have went to war when they warned against they got they gonna sell over small stuff, and somebody then went and stole a. Uh, 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 Hundreds of uh, uh, thousands of your people, and you you, you you gonna sit around quietly like what? No, your grandma and her whole whole got kidnapped. Nobody gonna do nothing. Nobody gonna do nothing. No, that don't make sense at all. If they identified us as the same people, they would they would rather fight and die. And why why people go over to America and be tortured the way we was tortured? But they they didn't ever see us the same. That's why they just they just left us. They left us to the door. You see what I'm saying? Now, some reports say that they didn't know how harsh the slavery would be and things of that nature. All right, I agree with that. Maybe, but when you seen it was harsh, what did you do? You did nothing. You see what I'm saying? So, and still to this day, what do you do? You do nothing. Um, so you got to look around, man. You got to look at the history of things. You got to look at what's going on now. These people know that there's a difference between a Hebrew and and a, uh, um, and a, a Hamite. These people know the difference. When you go to Genesis, um, Genesis will tell you the lineage. It'll tell you all the people that come from Noah. And it I want to add to that too. Go ahead. Um, Joel chapter 3. Oh, come on, it's not about us being sold to the Grecians. Bring it out. It says, For behold, in those days, in that time, when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations and I will bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. And I will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage, Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and pardoned my land. And they have passed a lot for my people. They have given a boy for a harlot and sold a girl for wine that they may drink. Yea, what have you to do with me, O Tyre and Zidon, and all the coast of Palestine? Will you record, will you render me a recompense? 
If you recompense me swiftly and speedily, will I return your recompense upon your own head? Because you have taken my silver and my gold and have carried into your temples my godly, pleasant things. The children also of Judah and the children of Jerusalem have you sold to the Grecians that you may remove them far from their borders. Behold, I will raise them up out of that place whether you have sold them and will return your recompense upon your own head. And I will sell your sons and your daughters into the hands of the children of Judah. And they shall sell them to the Sebians and to the people far off, for Yahuwah have spoken it. Now, if you want to elaborate that, brother, go ahead. Um, if not, I'm, I'm going to bring it out. Go ahead. I'll bring, elaborate on that scripture real quick. That's the, um, uh, that's the, uh, that's the final, I would say the finale. Uh, when that when that when that day come when Yahuwah is going to gather us back to our land to Jerusalem, and He's going to bring all the nations forth for the judgment to judge them for what all they have done to Israel, and uh, this is one of the uh, the judgment that He's going to pass down upon these nations. And, uh, you got Tyre and Zidon; these are African nations, because as you as we know, you pointed out early, the, it was the Africans who sold us. Uh, to the uh, Europeans, <laughs> and, uh, and he was saying basically, you you did this to the children of Judah, and uh, to remove them far from their borders, you took all their gold and silver, you ravaged my house, you took all my pleasant things. Uh, basically, mm-hmm. uh, that's going to be the uh, judgment for them for doing the, yeah. uh, that manner of evil to us. Con, can, can I touch on that a little bit? I got the book called From Babylon to Timbuktu by Rudolph R. Wednesday. Hold on real quick. If anybody that's on this call has not been gathering books and you want some good information, the first book I empower everybody on this call to get is From Babylon to Timbuktu by Rudolph R. Windsor. That is one of the most powerful books in the world that have woken up a lot of people. Now, uh-huh. after that book, we can discuss about other books, but the most, the book, one of the most important books to buy is from Babylon to Timbuktu. So, go ahead, I'll yeah. tell them about the book. Yeah, so this is page 27. It said the Canaanites were primordial uh, aborigines of the land of Canaan. We may call them Africans because of their blood relations relationship to the other inhabitants of the African continent. There are 11 Canaanite tribes living in the land of Canaan. There were 11 Canaanite tribes living in the land of Canaan and surrounding it before the black Israelites possessed it. The greatest cultural commercial cities are are the black Canaanites of the black Canaanites were called Tyre and Zidon. Wow. Yeah, I, you hear that? Minute, man. I wow. got that book. So if anybody it, 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 doesn't have that book, it, it, Tyree, these are African. Tyree, just to show you what Ham is, does anybody have that on, on, on deck? Do you, do you know he Let me get it. Do you know the other one they 
if y'all don't have it, I'm gonna post it in a group. But I'm gonna show y'all that not only the the the, the, the um, um, Babylon of Timbuktu, but if you get the Zondervan Bible Dictionary, it tells you who the African people are and where they descended from. What? Oh yeah. Yeah. But finish um um Z tell um um E tell me about your book. Tell me about the book, huh? I'm gonna I'm look it. I'm gonna look it up while he's telling it, bro. I got it. I got it somewhere in my notes. I'm looking at it right now. Bible dictionary. That's oh, okay. You got it. Yeah, yeah. I got it. You ready for it? I tell him. Tell the people on the call what's going on with that book. All right. This is the Zondervan Compact Bible Dictionary. On the back it says over one million copies sold. Yeah, so this is a very good Bible dictionary to have. Um, I got mine for thirteen dollars. You can go to Amazon. Each book is not expensive. Just for those that don't know, Zandervan, Zandervan, right? Sorry, yeah, Zandervan, Okay, yeah. now, now I'm going. I'm going to the definition of ham. Now it's mm-hmm. really pronounced ham, ham. Um, Come. Top, top the but on um, page page uh. 213, and I'm going to read his definition. So, calm, perhaps hot, the youngest son of Noah, born probably about 96 years before the flood, and one of eight persons to live through the flood. He became the progenitor of the dark races, not the Negroes. Ham, the youngest son of Noah, born probably about 96 years before the flood, and one of eight persons to live through the flood. He became the progenitor of the dark races, not the Negroes, but the Egyptians, Ethiopians, Liberians, and Mennonites. Even the so-called Jewish scholars, that it's funny because the so-called Europeans, they put us in slavery, they took our identity, but yet they make these books and tell you that they're not the people in the book. <laughs> I mean, you must be the most stupidest person in the world to take my identity <laughs> and then publish a book to tell me who I am. Yeah, but, but you know what they did, though? They 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 trained us yeah. well. You know, they they put us to never read, so they could do stuff like that. So most of these brothers don't never pick up these books. You know, I even heard stories that, um, you know, as brothers in colleges that were overlooking books that was in their college that was Israelite history books. They never caught their interest. They never seen it. They never knew it was even there. But the Caucasians knew that it's there. You see? So they put this in the book because as the riddle go, I mean, as the proverbs go, if you want to hide something from a nigga, put it in the book. Come on, Yeah. Above us. Hey, I got, hey, I got another scripture, too, I want to add to that. Wait, hold on, quick. I think Brother Eric had a question. Go ahead. Um, um, after that, okay, you can say you Okay. Yeah, I wanted to know, um, didn't in history, uh, 
when we ran out of Judea in 70 A.D., right, uh, we were running from Roman persecution. And I know it says in, um, in Luke chapter 21, he said, when you see uh, Jerusalem could pass with armies, he said, flee to the mountains. And I know that when we ran out of Judea in 70 A.D., we ran into West Africa. And I just wanted to know if I was right. When we ran into West Africa, uh, I was reading in history that we were in West Africa for 1,400 years. And we were having children with the West Africans. And then we were teaching the law of the covenant, and we were teaching the West Africans the law of the covenant. But then um, the Palestinians and the Arabs came in, and they uh, captured us, and they sold us to the Jewish merchants. So uh, I think the reason why they're killing a lot of West Africans, like in Kenya, Ghana, Nigeria, uh, Uganda, uh, and Sierra Leone, and then in some of the sub-Saharan areas, and also I don't know if I mentioned Nigeria and Kenya too, but that's probably why the, U- the United Nations Army under the Jewish powers are killing a lot of West Africans yeah. in West Africa because they know that a remnant seed of Judah, Benjamin, and Levi is in that land. Uh, I just wanted to bring that out too. Uh, the other brother, if you want to come in, I, um, I just was going to say real quick that a lot of people don't know that, just like when we was in Egypt, if you're in bondage, just like, and, and this is very symbolic, and I want everybody to listen to this. Anytime you're in a land that's not your land and you get custom to the culture of that land, you start doing what that land does. Everybody right. knows that. So this is why today you see most black and Hispanic people wearing European clothes. Mm-hmm. The same thing we were doing in Egypt. We started wearing Egyptian. What, what, what happened when Moses went under Pharaoh? He started looking like the Egyptian. Now, he, obviously, as time went on, he snapped out of it. But to show you that when we go into captivity or we mix with the people for so long, we start thinking that we that people. We start putting on that people. Yeah, we start. That's why a lot of our people, they don't want to get out of that pan-African garbage because they think that that land is all... Well, we're just black, 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 black. No. And then right. I want everybody to research this, and the brother can talk out to me. If you look at the Port of Judah, it's something that's still over there now called the Port of Judah. That was actually what they used to translate this, uh, uh, to transport the slaves between West Africa and the land of Judea. I look it up. Mm-hmm. It's still the Port of Judah. And this is, in, this is at the top of West Africa, or what they call West Africa today. So a lot of our history is still over there, but we don't know about it. And then they give us a flag of what? All these different colors and say, oh, you know what? Black power. That's garbage. So go ahead, brother. If you want to come in, the other brother that was talking before, Eric. (sighs) No, that was was just me. I I was just... uh... You know, just commenting on what you were saying. Let's see. Oh, Keith? Huh? No, I know yeah. I thought it was another brother that was on. Oh, that was just you? Yeah, that was me. Oh, come on, come on, come on. So, um, to get this understanding, you know, a uh, matter of fact, Ellie, just for the sake of all of my so-called Hispanic people that's on the phone tonight, I want you to go into the Lord's Child book and pull out that verse 
to show you what you read that they discovered when they came over and found it. If you got it with you. I know what you're talking about, too. Uh, and that's in the Jewish encyclopedia, the too. And the book came today, but I didn't get a chance to get into it, but I know the brother got it highlighted. Because what's, when you're going to start to find is that a lot of Europeans was trying to say that the, the so-called Indian was not Israelite, but yet they found out when they came over here, that so-called language of hieroglyphic that they tell you in school was actually a Mashawan Kodash, which is called the Paleo-Hebrew, or the, the set-apart tongue, or the holy tongue. So you have to ask yourself, why did they find a people that was wearing fringes with blue borders, with garments, that was only commanded to the children of Israel, and they were speaking the ancient language? That doesn't make no sense. So this is where we, this is where it gets real tricky to find out what did you really speak? What did you eat? What was your culture before you became Hispanic or so-called Latin? A lot of people don't even know when you do the research, America, now this is deep. A lot of people don't even know that America, the first language in America was actually supposed to be Hebrew. A lot of people don't even know that. They had so many slaves that came with the boat that the language was so strong that they was actually thinking about making this land's culture Hebrew. You can look it up. Wow. This land's hey, language is supposed to be Hebrew. That would that would be giving themselves up too much. Yeah, exactly. Hey, this is so close. No, I know that's why they ain't do it. Yeah, that's too much. Check it out. It's bad enough that you got the slaves singing Kumbaya. What the hell is it for the slaves singing now? If they speak kooka, 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 that don't make sense. Ain't gonna let us speak that, even if it sounds convenient, because we're not even speaking it anyway. Hey, also, uh, also, now, this is this is going to be amazing, too, and this is going parallel to what you're saying. Now, <clears throat> if you if you Google the first seal of the America, you're going to find out the first seal of America is an image uh, that says rebellion to tyrants is obedience to God. Wow. And in, in this seal, it has Moses leading the children of Israel across the water and the fire by uh, a cloud of, of a pillar of fire above Moses' head, and the children of Israel are following him across the behind Moses. Then you have the Pharaoh and his army on the other side drowning in the water. Wow. This is the first, it's, and it's called the Great Seal of the United States. And this was one of the first seals that they were going to make. I think it's uh, Benjamin. Let me see who it was who wanted to put this out. And I think he had he had they had to double back and say, "No, that's too much information." Wow. And that they like give them up basically to give them up and let them know, you know, let us know too much. And they they reject. I think it was Benjamin. Uh, what's the what's the hundred dollar bill guy? Benjamin Franklin? You know, it's funny. I got a hundred in my pocket. I don't even know these damn dead presidents. Y'all got to forgive me. I think it is Ben Franklin. And Grant is 50. Yeah, Grant is 50. I forgot who it is. I know we got ballers on the phone. Yeah. Yeah, Franklin was never a president. He was just some white guy walking around with a lot of knowledge to them. But, yeah. Yeah, he, he had, he had uh, well, top knowledge to them. Basically. Yeah, we gotta get a chance to look at that. Pull that seal, man. The first seal of the U.S. 
and Google it. You're going to pull it out. It's going to blow your mind to see this thing, man. You definitely put that in. Uh, more. you want to write that in the group at the bottom, man, I'll definitely um, look that up when I get to the job. I just pulled it up. Oh, okay. This is what it reads. Okay. It's, it reads, the interpretation of the first committee's design for the reverse of the Great Seal of the United States in 1776, which was never used. This was Benjamin Franklin's design, originally suggested for the obverse, but the committee chose Pierre Eugene Du Submititure design for that side. This interpretation was made in 1856 by Benson J. Luzine. Franklin's design was Moses standing on. Did we lose a brother? Sound like we did. We lost a brother? Sound yeah. like we did. He'll probably come back on kind. So, um, um, Ellie, is, is Ellie Azos on the call? Yeah, this how. Uh... You got the um, Lost Child book with you, I just until you come back to show about the Northern Kingdom? The Lost Child in the Promised Land? Nah. You bring out that precept real quick, that, that um, passage real quick about. um. What these so-called Europeans found out that the native Indians were saying, or what they was calling themselves when they came over here. All right, hold on. Because this is very important, man. This is not about you know the so-called Negroes, because this is all about us being one family. And you're going to find out in these books, all these different historians are doing this research to find out not only do we meet the prophecies of this book, but they're finding relics and archaeology, and these lands of these people speaking the indigenous language of Moses. If you ever yeah. look at Jewish people, Jewish people do not speak Hebrew. They speak Yiddish. That's not Hebrew. Here's this way you could take the most high yeah. holy tongue and mix it with a Slavic German language. That's disgusting. It is holy. So there's something yeah, that so, so there's no ha 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 in the Most High's language. Yeah. So um, here it is on um, the yeah. lost tribes, the lost tribes, and the promises by Ronald Sanders, pages um, three three sixty three through three fifty five. I'm gonna just read certain parts. Um. It said, upon hearing her words, they rose and went to Montezino's and to his utter amazement, said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. They had recited in Hebrew the fundamental credo of Judaism. It said they told they told him that they they were themselves of the tribe of Reuben and that the tribe of Joseph lived on an island nearby. Now the island that was nearby them was uh, uh, Cuba and Puerto Rico. Now, if anybody knows about the tribe of Joseph, that's Ephraim and Manasseh. So, yeah, the tribe chart. It's funny because it's funny how 
a lot of people don't like that chart, but yet the stories are telling you the tribe of Joseph was in a land nearby. And the land in the tribe of Joseph is in the Manessa. Um, your so-called Puerto Ricans all are depending on the context of the stretches, it could be the whole northern kingdom. How can you deny these people that they you know me that the most I put this spirit on. people are perish for lack of knowledge and understanding, and it's not because the knowledge and the wisdom is not out there. Our people don't want to know. And I realize that when I bring up the second part of, the, of who's Israel, you're going to find out that Israel okay. or our people are very biased in their scholarship. They don't Can want to take- book. They'll deal with certain books that they like, but then when it comes to other things, they don't want to deal with it. Daquan, can I say something? Well, me being a so-called Puerto Rican, and I done, you know, told this to you that we were brought up to fear the Bible to the point where we didn't open the Bible because we we had to fear it with high respect. And I myself am one of them that never opened the Bible because I fear the Bible, and that's what I was taught. Until now, I'm, I'm opening the Bible. Now, nobody can tell me I can't open it. But growing up as a kid, my parents were the ones that told us, you have to fear the Bible, you got to respect the Bible. It's not a toy. Don't open it. Don't play with it. Don't look at it. And that's why a lot of us don't know the Bible because we never open it because we were taught to fear it. That's all I got to say. What sister was that, by the way? That's nice. So tell Brother Eric who you are. I'm a so-called Puerto Rican. All right. You you are you travel Ephraim, but I meant your name, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, my my name is like my name. My name Rose Martinez. Slave name Social Security, sis. That's what he's asking. Oh, my Social Security <laughs> name is Rosemary Martinez. Oh, so this is Rose. Okay. All right. Yes. <laughs> so, um, it's good. It's good you up here. You know, a lot of a lot of new people. You know, you getting the knowledge. You know, so I want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing, and you know, don't feel free to to to, to cut in like the brother's saying that. Um, say your piece or ask your question. You know. I know there was a sister that she invited. Is she still on? Does she want to ask her question? Are you speaking of me, oh, um, Sheila, uh, or somebody, somebody else? else? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, I'm, I'm here. I'm here, actually, oh, and okay. my question is being answered. But I just wanted to add something, too, as being someone who came out of the Catholic Church. Also, they don't um, allow us to have Bibles. They have their their catechism that they give you for the mass. So when you're coming from a Catholic standpoint, you actually never read your Bible. And and if you notice, that's that's oh man, that's very very interesting. If you notice these these main um, religions that got our people. Um, caught up in it for so long, so many of them, a lot of these people are either encouraged not to read the Bible or they are prevented from reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. 
and most of them religions have their own type of Bible. They act like they into the the Bible, but they got their own man-made Edomite book that they wrote, you know, themselves. And then they pass it out, and people follow it down to the the real words. Uh, that's what you want to share. Or you want to give some more. Hey, um, brother. That's it. I mean, sister, sister, you had something to say, or are you finished? Oh no, I was finished. Oh, okay, come Thank on, come on. So, if anybody, I guess now we're at the point now. Um, if anybody, any sisters, or I believe the fault for the sisters first, out of respect. If any of the sisters, y'all want to ask any questions? Mm. Um. Hey, um. Oh, there's no such thing as a stupid question when it comes down to the Word of God. So feel free. All right. Um, my, my, I say she got something she wanted to say. She she listening in on the conversation. Tell her, Introduce yourself. Shalom. My name is Ariel or Amari Ariel. Shalom, Shalom. You can speak since we here. Hi, yes. I was just saying that um, I, I was raised Jehovah Witness. My dad's side of the family was Jehovah Witness. That I've been studying since I was like in first grade able to read. Um, they pretty much they look at the Bible, but it's very. It's not like you're reading it. It's like you're just looking at snippets and scripture here and scripture there. Because you're so focused on all the different other books that they have you read, and the watch from the Watchtower to the um, it's like so many different books you go through through Bible study, and you only go to the Bible as a reference to those books. You know, what I want you to do, sis. If you haven't done it, I want you to do some research on the man that made the Watchtower Bible. If you haven't, if you haven't done it yet, and you're gonna find out the wickedness that comes with that book, and a lot of people oh, don't even. I- I already know that. I have, I don't deal with them. I haven't dealt with them in like over ten years. I'm, I was just based on what was being said. See, the thing is, is that about- with Jehovah Wickedness, so I call it Jehovah Wickedness. <laughs> so, um, I mean, you know, a lot of people, you know, like I said, a lot of denominations or a lot of fractions of the Word of God is being lied upon or made up because people are getting disgusted that they're not learning something in the church. So they try to find other ways to find it, meaning like, you know, some people like me, I used to go to Christian church, and those are some of the most meanest, evilest people in the world. I mean, you ain't coming in there with a nice suit, they look at you up and down like you look like a bum. So I've seen a lot of people leave the Christian church to go to Jehovah's Witnesses because it's like, oh, well, you know, they treat me a little bit more warm, you know, they treat me a little bit more respect, and it's more caring. But at the same time, it's kind of dull. Like, I'm sorry, that's kind of the opposite of the experience I have, and I've been with them most of my life. But I got a, what you call, what do they call that place? Uh, uh, Kingdom Hall? I got about 100 Kingdom Halls by where I live, and every time I turn around, they keep telling me they need the Christian church to go to Jehovah Witness. Well, in, in Virginia, I don't know about anywhere else, but in Virginia, it's different. Like, the, you're some, you you will be condemned if you come there not dressed up. Wow. Basically, like if you're if you're a newcomer, they really don't bother you. But if they if they know they know you, 
they feel like you know better. And so if you come in not dressed up, they're going to they gonna pull you to the side and try to chastise you or lecture you about it. And it's like when you say they're they're friendly and more warm, I don't know what you mean by that because to me they, they come off as kind of, no, they never. Like I didn't that. say it's pretty warm to me. I'm talking about what these people keep telling me. <laughs> oh no, because even like with with this, when it comes to helping people, they don't really believe in helping people. They just what? feel like well, we're gonna give you this watchtower and just come visit us on Sunday, and that's it. That's all we have to offer you. Wow. And if you ask them about volunteering or helping homeless people or people that's going through stuff, they just straight up tell you that it's against the belief. They never explain to me why, but <laughs> I just found that kind of crazy and contradictory to the Bible. So let me ask you something, sis, real quick. Um, when you left the Jehovah Witness um, congregation, what did you believe in then, or what did you look for? Truth and love. Like, what made me directly leave is because I had a miscarriage, and then they, they refused to do my baby funeral and told me it wasn't a baby. And wow. told me I was wasting my time and money, and right. so they they didn't come. So that was when I was like, I, "That's not something I want to be involved in." So when you left, like, what did you seek after? Did you still seek the Word of God, or like, did you just give up, like, period? No, 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 no. I would never give up. I can't give up on that. It was just I, I was, I knew that that wasn't love, and I, I firmly believe in the scripture where it says God is love. And if you're not acting in love, then you're not acting in God. That's just how I feel about it. So uh-huh. I just was looking for truth and love. And I know that there was a lot of things in there, too, that wasn't, that just seemed like they were too focused on the wrong thing or making stuff up. Like they cut my son's hair before he was a, a year old, talking about boys are not supposed to have hair. And I'm like, well, Samson had hair. And he was like, she was like, well, that was only Samson, and it's, it's written. And then they would show scriptures and try to twist it to make it say what they wanted to say. And I just didn't like that. And they you're not doing exactly what they say, then you're, go, you're, you're going against God. You're turning your back on God, and, you know, you're not going to be resurrected. You're not going to get everlasting life and all that stuff to try to scare you to do what they want you to do. Well, to me, that sounds like the program of the Christian church because it's the same exact thing they do with certain Christian churches. If you don't bow down to what pastor if it ain't according to what pastor says, then you're getting out of here. Right. You know what I mean? So I think that's, that's pretty much the poison that starts with the Roman Catholic Church going all the way down to all the different denominations. I mean, you can pick and choose which one you feel is better, but they all are the damn same because no matter how you look at it, they don't keep the Sabbath day, and they don't teach you to the people of the book. And they, I mean, most of them, you know, they teach you that, you know, the, the the Israelites or the people of Israel are done away with. They're a spiritual people now. Or they'll tell you the other side of it is that the Jewish people is a chosen people. Well, you got to show me something. They're so chosen. I've never seen a Jewish man dunk a basketball a day in my life. <laughs> I'm actually looking at one right down in front of my hospital. So well, I, I also found something else funny that, like, my dad, is he's not baptized as Jehovah's Witness, so they don't really call him the Jehovah's Witness, but he's been studying. And um, he does certain stuff that none of them do. Like, he he's more of going by the Bible. Like, he actually reads the Bible. That's like them. And so he will, um, 
as far as um, scavengers and stuff like that, he's aware of certain scavengers you're not supposed to eat and so on and so forth. So, I mean, he don't eat meat anyway except for seafood, but he don't eat any scavenger seafood. Well, I mean, and, he's almost there. All you got to do is come on home. He is real. That's it. Come on home. Well, I, I try to talk to him and, and, and tell him what. It's, they don't really get along with, my, with Eliezer, but I try to talk to him and tell him what Eliezer was teaching me, and he just wasn't hearing it. He wasn't trying to go against because of certain things that he's experienced on a spiritual level that he just feels like he everything is proven being proven to him that he's on the right track, so he's not willing to stir from it. You know what you got to do, sis? He's, like, older and getting sick and stuff like that, so he's just like, I'm going to just stick what I'm, what I'm with until I die, which is what he thinks is going to be soon, and, yeah. Oh, okay, so you know what you're going to do? You, you go on your bedside, you're going to say that you're going to pray for him. That's what you're going to do. And you're going to pray at the most I take that spirit of I think I know everything and I got to figure it out away from him. Because a lot of our, our, our elders are stuck in their old ways. And that's another reason why we as people growing up, like me, I'm a younger brother. You know, some people on the call may be a little bit younger. We wasn't taught the Torah or the foundations of the book when we were growing up the way we should have had. So if you think about it, if this was actually given to us at a younger age, our knowledge and wisdom would be far more advanced. But you know what? The Most High has everything in his will. So all you got to do is just say, you know what, Lord? I'm going to just pray for him. And I'm going to just leave him in your hands. And you never know. He might wake up. You know, you can't let that evil spirit or that wicked spirit, you know, uh, uh, put a, a, um, a hindrance of, you know, his ignorance or his rebellion. I mean, that's Israel, period. You know, all through the Bible, and I, when I do the part two, I'm going to show that all we do is rebel. We don't want to hear it. I mean, I actually started off, if you came on the call a little bit earlier, I actually started off with Israel as a hard-headed people. They just don't want to listen. So it don't matter. You have to you have, you have to really think about something. If this man came and we believe that he came and walked this world and gave that bread from the Father, and some of these people believe and some of them didn't in his flesh, what makes you think they're gonna believe and he's not here? What the first thing? No, what the first thing that he he knows like he's not here and he knows about what happened and everything. The first thing I tried, because I tried to start with him with just something small. Like, so I was just on the whole calling him Jesus thing. Like, I take that serious. And my dad called, is like adamant about praying in the name of Jesus. And and I'm like, I don't do that. So he was, I was trying to explain to him about there was no J's and there was no V's for calling God Jehovah and all that stuff and calling Jesus Jesus. And he just was like, basically, he when he realized I was proving my point, he started twisting it and trying to, like, it don't matter what you call him as long as you know. And I'm like, okay, so let me give you a scenario, right? With your dad, who you look just like and named after and everything, if somebody, if somebody was to write a story about your dad's life and everything he went through, and he was to take his worst enemy, y'all worst enemy, and put his name and face on his on your dad's story, would that not be offensive? Just because he knew the point that I was trying to prove, he he just like tried to act like it on it still wouldn't matter to him. And I'm like, I know that's not the truth. Like, you know, you get what I'm saying. Any um anybody else? I just, I just it's no, it's no. Some people are just no trying to get them through. 
Yeah, that's that's why, you know, like I said, when I go into the the second part of this thing, you know, we get together again, I'm going to show the rebellion and the stiff-necked of only the so-called blacks and Hispanics in the Bible where we don't want to hear it. And I don't care if we we could have been in Mount Everest. If we think we got knowledge, that's it. We read one book, we think we know it all. That's it. That's Mm -hmm. how easy. You know, we think we're getting so spiritually fed with all this other garbage that we think we got to figure it out, and we don't. And this is why Israel is so broken up today as a people, because we think we know it all. We have it. We, I mean, we don't know nothing. You know, the Lord said that, you know, if a man thinks he's white, he's a fool. You see, so a lot of these brothers and sisters out here, they think they're wise in a lot of things, but they're not, especially when it comes to the wisdom of the scriptures. But um, anybody, any other sisters um, or any brothers want to come in real quick? Um, I just want to give everybody time to come in. I don't want to hog up the um, call. Any other sisters want to say something real quick? And what about the brothers? Any brothers want to come in? All right, Connor. So, um, Ellie, did you finish? Re- um, did you finish reading that second part of the book, Art? Um, yeah, yeah, I read it when it showed that the natives were speaking Hebrew, and that they they said that it was the tribe of Reuben, and the other the the people on the other island was uh, uh, the tribes of Joseph. Um, now, I read that. Go ahead, Connor. There's another. Uh, there's another video I got to send to the group to show you that there was a woman that was pissed off about this man saying that stuff. And she actually called him a liar. So what she did was she actually went over there to the um, 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 Australia. She went to the outskirts of Australia, and she did her research herself. And it's funny because she went over there, and she said that when she got there, she found out that the aboriginals or the original people of Reuben is still over in the outskirts of Australia, still speaking Hebrew to this day. Wow. That's what really messed me up. Mm-hmm. Because so, you know, Reuben, you know, the the Bible said that Reuben would be um, what did it say? He would be unstable. Like he, everything. Reuben, he was the one that was attacking and moving. You know, Reuben was the one that was uh, uh, hunting and and destroying the the plantations and bringing the slaves out. And they was moving. They was constantly moving. Seminoles. You see what I'm saying? That's why they called them Seminoles, which means runaways, because they would attack, destroy, and then they would flee. They couldn't ever catch them guys. Um, so Reuben, man, Reuben was all over the place, man. Like that's why they. That's why eventually they just they just uh, they battled them up until they got to Florida, and then after a while, uh, they just left them alone. They just you know they had conquered the whole uh, uh, rest of the continent. That's why. I was reading in this book called um, Black Indians, where it says still to this day um, there's Seminole Indians who claim that that they they never um, they never surrendered. You see what I'm saying? They never surrendered. So Reuben won't no joke, man. Like here it is. Uh, Seminole reply interpreter Negro uh, Abraham Center. Uh, let me see. Yeah, man, Ruben won't no joke, man. They, 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 they were the ones who never accepted slavery. Like they didn't care what you did to them. They won't to accept slavery at all. They was the ones running around, uh, uh, 
Yeah, so so it, it's crazy that they up there. They up there, still some of them up there now. Still yeah, I gotta find a video with a lady. Um, um, I gotta find it for y'all. It's on my playlist somewhere where um she was actually going against the Ronald Sanders book, and she said, "You know what? I'm gonna do my research myself." And it's funny, and she told she tells her story how she went over there. You know, she was ready. You know, she had a camcorder. She had everything she needed to prove that those people over there was nothing but darn European descendants that, you know, he didn't know what he was talking about. And she said that she went to the slums and the ghettos of Australia, like in the, like the real outskirts, and she found that the people was over there still brown-skinned with long Indian hair speaking Paleo-Hebrew, calling themselves the tribe of Ruben. Wow. Now, this way gets me. You got brothers, like, I bought into this 5% on the bus, and he... And the, and the dude believe in that Baron Scrape teachings. He believe in that Baron Scrape teachings that, oh, it was Asians uh, that just went through the Arctic and all of that, and then they came over here to the Americas and all that. Anybody um. Anybody else on the call still? Or I mean, I want to, I want to make sure everybody's still on because um, if y'all want to, what we're gonna do is in a couple of minutes I'm gonna just close out. Um, um, Elmer, I know you've been kind of quiet since you're still on. Wow, I guess everybody off, man. I don't know what's going on. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, I'm still here. I'm still here. Looking at you. I'm still here. Take care. Oh, sounds like Keith, you still there too? Yes, sir. All right, come on. Well, I just got, I mean, if y'all want to stay on mute, I'm also I just got unmuted. I'm here. Oh, you know how you got oh. past the voice. I said I'm here, too. Oh. I'm still yeah, here. I wanted to, and I didn't want to just say, oh, I'm sorry. They didn't want to speak. I asked them to speak before they didn't want to speak. <laughs> I did want to reiterate back on um, why it's so hard for um, us as a people to read the scriptures. Uh, when we came here, it was against the law for any of us to read or to write. And when they did allow us to read or begin to write, we had to take instruction from our oppressors. And the oppressors taught us the way we should read the book. And they deemed to us that the energy that we're, we, are, we ought to pray to was a white God. So mm-hmm. it's always been in us that, okay, we're reading this, but this is not what we know. And that has been a thing that separates us from digging into the truth because it's been whipped into us a lie. So coming out of the lie into the light is a great and powerful thing. And once you find truth and you feel it inside of you, you are never going back to the lie. Mm -hmm. That's all I want to say. But that's that's history. Uh, That's our history. When we came here, um, we couldn't say the name of our God. We were beaten to death. 
or our tongue was cut out of our head, and uh, you couldn't you couldn't whisper the name of our our father amongst each other because somebody was gonna get it back, and you were the you were the uh, whooping post to show everybody that we couldn't talk about our beliefs. And when we were instructed and taught by our oppressor, we had to go by his God. So it's always been that thing that separated us from actually digging into this truth because we had to, from as long as we've been here, associate him with being um, white in color, better than us. Uh, We were heathens. So it's a big gap. But like I say, once you come into the truth, you're never going back. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say, so I don't know if the sister is still on the phone. Um, that used to be a Jehovah Witness. Uh, I wanted to ask Brother DeWan, is it true that, uh, I know Charles Charles K. Russell started the Mormons and he started Jehovah Witnesses, right? You asking me, you asking the sister. Huh? You asking me or the sister? I was asking you. Um, I I forgot. I think Charles, I think he did both, if I'm not mistaken. There's another one that did the Mormon Bible, but I think he was the one that did the whole Jehovah. I call it Jehovah Wickedness. Yeah. Because I know, wasn't, that, he like, wasn't he like Confederate with, with Christopher Columbus with enslaved? He was us? into a lot of different things, but you got to remember a lot of yeah. these brothers, or I'm just a brother, I can't, I can't stand saying brothers. A lot of these different um, atheist people, they hate God. So their their fraction is not to make you come back to the truth. So what they do is in their biography, they put a little spill that they try to invent the Bible to make it look like they did it in a way to make it better for you to read. But in actuality, you do the research, these people don't even believe in God. They believe in atheists. Right, because I know in Isaiah, it talks about how we we are going to be his witnesses. And... And I, I I think he probably you know kind of used that uh-huh. to uh, incorporate all nations because that's their belief because it was mm-hmm. it was his way of trying to uh, like what the brother was reading in, in Psalms eighty three to make you know Israel no more a nation because I guess he figured okay if, if I'm gonna help the other Europeans to forget about who these people are then I'm gonna I'm gonna create a religion that's going to incorporate everybody so that people won't think that it's them. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, he didn't want people to know that it was the 12 tribes, which was us. But it's Con, everybody. Con. Yeah, you know. They actually got a now, book on him. I got to order it on Amazon when I get a chance, man. It talks about the, you know, different um, beliefs that he had, um, you know, why he made it. It's not, and it's not expensive either. You know, a lot of these books are on Amazon that tell you the biography about these people and what their, you know, their real mindset. Like, this is... You have to start to get into the mind of the European and see how he functions and thinks. He don't think about God. He thinks about destruction. Mm-hmm. And he finds a way to say, okay, well, you know, every time these Negroes come back up, how are we going to find a way to get them back down? You know what? I'm going to make me another Bible. That's why they have a Mormon Bible. They got the Joe, the Wickedness Bible. They got um, the Darwin you know, Bible, the, um, too. Yeah, they got, I mean, they even got the Faggot Bible. If anybody don't know, they got a homosexual Bible. There's like about yeah, five of them on Amazon. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.